Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hey everybody, welcome back to the best video games panel show on the internet. No, it might be actually. Some people tell me that. People have said, hey Scott, you and Bo and John are up to up to something here. You got like a real good thing going. And uh, it always makes me real happy. I happen to know of some kind of falutin people in the, let's just say, connected to the business of video games in various ways, who make this one of the best shows, or one of the only shows they listen to all week long. And if I said who those names were, y'all would be surprised. You'd be shocked at some of the people who consume this content. So hold your heads high. It's and Joe Biden, everyone. It's Joe Biden. Because it's, sorry, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. out there. It's oh, Joseph man. Biden. Yeah. can't get enough. Old Grandpa Biden <laughs> loves it. Loves it. Just doesn't know what these kids are up to, but sure loves listening. Anyway, welcome back to the show. I'm Scott and uh, Bo and John are here, of course. And we got things to talk about and all sorts of stuff to cover. And uh, one of us finally caved and played a real amount of... Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So that seems like a thing we're going to definitely want to discuss. Some breaking news today. There you go. Some E3 stuff. And uh, of course, the show would be incomplete without a little dragon beef. We'll get to all of that soon. But first, these headlines. All right. So uh, E3 coming up. Uh, don't know yet how much coverage like live uh talk along coverage we're going to provide this year usually what happens is some combination of myself and patrick and john and uh bo when he can and not bo he gets excluded every year no, you should get it i mean i want you in it just depends on time because it's usually like right smack in the middle of your work day 
And, well, uh, I think I saw the 12th and the 13th of June, yeah. and that's a weekend. Oh, we could. Okay, we're going to talk then. And maybe I can ask for some days off. Because here, because here's what's happening. Patrick's going to be a no-show for any of it because he's got two kids now. And uh, to him, that means he can't do anything. <laughs> so he's not doing any of this coverage this year, best I can tell from what he told me. And uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Will we get all of it? I don't know. Uh, will Dunaway be involved in some of it? Probably into some of the nighttime stuff. But we'll get all the, uh, the the frog pants gamer types on it the best we can. Get you some good live commentary. Put it up on the podcast feeds. Probably delete the VODs because last time I did this, I got a DMCA takedown and a strike against my Twitch account, which really pissed me off, even though it was like just industry commentary coverage. But we still are going to do it. And uh, it'll be great. I'm really looking forward to it. But now we have a little more information since we last met. In this hallowed sound booth, the ESA has published the E3 2021 schedule. Okay, here's what's going on. June 12th. What day is that? I would like to know the days. Uh, the 12th is a... Saturday. It's a Saturday. Thank you. Uh, Saturday, you get Ubisoft and Gearbox. My guess is a lot of Far Cry 6 and probably, I don't know... Some sort of Borderlands business from Gearbox is my thinking. Yeah. Everybody gets a thumb drive with pornography on it. Yep. The Borderlands Auto Battler. E3, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get the porn stick. We call it the porn stick. And, um, and then we all go to medieval times. Yep. That's in the collector's edition. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you look forward to that. Uh, so that's that'll happen that day. I don't really know. I assume these are just both, you know, streamed presentations. Without much in the way of stage stuff. I don't know if anyone's planning stage things. Like actual, you know, I know it's not there at the LA Convention Center or any of that. Or maybe some of it is for for visitors and press. But I think all of this stuff is broadcast. But I don't actually know. So I guess well, We actually kind of know what's coming for Gearbox uh, to a degree. Oh, right. Because uh, we got we'll some get, breaking news. We'll get news. more to that. But um, Ubisoft, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. Or... Uh, maybe they'll finally say something about skull and bones or maybe they'll uh, be the Valhalla X pack. If there's a big one coming, that would be a good. Time actually, to be. I yeah. read probably a month or so ago. I read a story saying skull and bones has uh, been like sent back to the drawing board. They're restarting work on it. Like, yes. Not canceled, but so, a fresh take on it. So you're right. Probably nothing. Um, given that but you somebody in the chat just mentioned splinter cell my guess is that it's time for that announcement so this might be the year for that maybe not coming out this year but a splinter cell game is long 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 overdue and y'all got to hurry up before uh michael ironside dies uh, he's not going to be here forever <laughs> we're on the clock people yeah <laughs> he hasn't always played him they got a really young guy to play him like five adventures in or something like well that. what was uh 2013's I forgot the subtitle, but that Splinter Cell game had a different dude in it. And I remember the community being pretty mad about it because they just, you know, think of him when they think of Sam Fisher. But I thought he was fine. He did a good job and it was set when he was younger. So it was, you know, kind of fit uh, that story and everything. But uh, he's done the voice lately for stuff where they've done crossovers. So uh, why not? I say... I say bring in the old the old goat and let's make a let's make a new Splinter Cell yeah, game. What do you think Michael Ironside's doing right now? Well, We're probably spending Splinter Cell lines. Well, that's true. Yeah, I hope. Whether there's yeah. a script or not, he's just in a basement somewhere talking about uh, infiltration. I know what he's doing. He's spending money he made on that uh, Bob Odenkirk movie, the Nobody movie. 
Which oh, is, is he in that? Yeah, he's great in it. Uh, uh, Jinx, you owe me Pepsi, I think. <laughs> sure, Pepsi, yeah, Pepsi Light, Co- sure. uh, Pepsi oh, Zero. Yeah. I'll get you a Pepsi Zero. Yeah. We're all fat and old now. Uh, but no, it's like a um, <laughs> his role is real small. It's not a gigantic role in that movie, but it's enough to make me go, ah, I'm Michael Ironsides, baby. Put him in all your movies. He's a cool dude. He looks a what lot of time where he was always that guy. Yeah. Yeah, but what is your go-to when you think of Michael Ironside? What like what role comes to mind? Because I can only ever think of one. Total Recall for me. That's oh the one right, I think okay. Of. Now I can think of two because you reminded me of a second one. Now. Yeah, that's the one I mostly think of. But there's so much. I just saw Scanners. He's great in that. Uh, I forget. in one like with uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Their airplane pilots. Is that him in that one? Iron Eagle. Was he in that? I always think of Starship Troopers. Oh, he's in yeah. those kinds of movies. Maybe yeah, he's not yeah, Iron yeah. Eagle. Hold on, Hang Michael on. Ironside. His biggest films <laughs> are probably Total Recall. I would say is on that list. He's in the Starship Troopers. I need to watch that yeah. again. It's been too long. That movie's great. Top Gun. He's amazing in that. Uh, plays. It's a smaller role, but you don't forget him. He's just great in it. And he's in tons of shit. Look at this. He works all the time. Lots of voice work. Uh, tons of other. I mean, he's not stopped. Uh, up yeah. in community, he's Todd's dad. He's got let's see, one, two things in in completion mode. He's got another movie in post production. No, I'm sorry, one, two, three movies in post production, three in pre, and then one that's just been announced. Um, I love him, and he was great Man, in his, Nobody. So watch Nobody; it's fantastic. In his that. first movie was the Ottawa Valley. That's where I live. You know, he's Canadian. That's the that. thing. He's a Canadian guy. Who knew that? Oh, maybe I, think I should he, find him and do an interview since we both live in Canada. Yeah, you're, uh, you guys all know each other. Get it, get it on there. Get it going. Go get him. Um, he's just great. So bring more of him before we lose him. I'm not saying he's going to die. Just, you know, he was born in 1950. That makes him what? Uh, he's great. We just want to celebrate him whatever and see him in things. It's funny. I just feel like I never see him, but you're right. He does a ton of stuff. So Busy man. Yeah. He's working on 70s. So I'm just saying we got to like. Get him in there. Get Sam Fisher going again. Start that car up, and hopefully Ubisoft delivers that day. Uh, I was gonna say, as far as Gearbox goes, assume that's part of a 2K thing. Um, I would like it if 2K announced a new XCOM title, but then John broke this late breaking news, and now I'm now I'm not sure we're getting that. But I'm also very excited about what that is. We'll keep beating around the bush for a second and not talk about that yet. The 13th next day, so that's a, a Sunday. Microsoft yeah. and Bethesda together at last on stage. One now owns the other and they'll do their full presentation. Uh, big expectations for Starfield uh, being shown a bunch there. So that'd be cool. On the Gearbox front, there's, they might show some Borderlands movie stuff. Oh, the, yeah. They could get a trailer. That could happen. <laughs> I want somebody to take a picture of Scott's face and just post it as a review for the Borderlands movie. Hey, Blanchett's <laughs> in it. That'll, that'll immediately perk it up by some percentage points because I know you're a fan. Well, I'm not. Well, I don't like that they hired. Um, <laughs> like You might hate everything around it, but you'd be like, Kate is the best part of this film. Mm. Or is it Jamie Lee Curtis? She's also in it. She's in it. I, like, I like both of them. I like a lot of people in the movie, but all it's yeah. really done is instilled a general sense of, oh, I'm feeling bad for people I like. Here's your here's your cast so far. Kate Blanchett, Haley Bennett, awesome. Gina Gershon, uh, Jack Black, Jamie Lee oh, Curtis. Oh, yeah, Gina Gershon. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Hart, and anyone else I know here? Bobby Lee. I think I know who that is. 
anyway, a whole bunch of other people you don't know. And uh, they're coming soon, 2022. And the, my problem with this movie isn't that it's being made or that it would be good or bad or any of that. It's that I've never seen an Eli Roth movie I liked unless he's acting in it. I liked him in Inglorious Bastards, but I cannot stand his movies he makes or directs. They're garbage. Like that Cabin in the Woods one? Or no. Cabin Fever, yeah. sorry. Cabin uh, Fever is cabin terrible. Fever. Yeah. terrible. Cabin movie. in the Woods is awesome. Yeah. It's a great yes. movie. Yeah. The Cabin Fever, bad movie. Uh, all of the hostile stuff, they're bad. They're not good. They're just shock value. They're horribly acted and directed. Um, I'm, I have a feeling this might blow goats, and I'm a little surprised at, at the talent they're getting for it. But I also like uh, Craig Mazin, who's a co-writer on this, because I really liked Chernobyl. But then someone reminded me that he made a bunch of other really bad stuff. So I don't know what to think. He made uh, Hangover Part 2, the bad one. And uh, Identity Thief, also not great. Huntsman, not great. So we'll see how that goes. But I guess they, that's where all Epic's money went then. If it's not going to be good, they just paid up. They tried to save it with some high-salary high actors. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Thank of Huntsman, Epic. by the way, did you guys see the size of uh, um, Chris Hemsworth's arms in that still photo that's going around for the wrapping of the filming of Thor 3? Did you get a chance to see his arms? Yeah, I saw that. It is yeah. unbelievable how big that dude is for that movie. He must have well, really he's, he's up. also bulking up because isn't he playing Hulk Hogan in a biopic for Hulk Hogan? Is that really true? I was it 42 inch pythons? I thought that Ooh. was a joke. That, is that if that's true, I'm shocked by that information because I thought they were kidding. And I think that's true. I may be believing something that's totally false. It wouldn't be the first time I have believed things that were completely false. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's true. We do live in the era of slight misinformation. So it's entirely possible, but maybe you're right. I don't know, but he's huge in that photo. I was trying to find it so I could show the chat, but I can't find it. Like he's Hulk big. He's so big, as I said on Twitter, his entire brother Luke fits on just one arm. Luke Hemsworth right here, just down to the elbow. And maybe Liam Hemsworth on the other side. But 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 Chris, he's the big middle beef right there is what he is. All right, moving on. Enough about Chris. Yeah, new film, for, new film for Netflix. He will be playing Hulk Hogan. Mm. Okay. Hemsworth will produce the film along with his Avengers co-star Bradley Cooper. Wait, oh, uh, the never seen Bradley Cooper because he plays Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. I'm down. Uh, go seek out that photo. It's a him standing next to Taika Waititi and Taika Waititi's in like the uh, mocap suit because I guess we're getting Kronk or Grunk or whatever his name is back. Korg. 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 Uh, and they're just standing there. Hey, and there's a, he says, we, we've wrapped on <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. Thanks, everybody, or whatever. And he just looks so big, like he could kill everyone in sight. It's amazing. So you want to start a revolution, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he, also, he has his long hair back. Do we care about that, or we do we think Thor should have that short hair still? How do we feel about that? Uh, I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know what? I'm just so excited Lebowski. for that movie. Yeah. Like I, I think Thor Ragnarok is my favorite MCU movie. It's so really good. I'm just, it can do no wrong. I mean, it might be a bad movie. I guess I shouldn't say it can do no wrong. It might be a bad movie, but I'm so excited for it. Uh, I just, whatever they want to do. 
I'll you be can shocked. say with TD behind it. I haven't seen anything that he's made and disliked it. Like <laughs> he's I, never made anything bad. It would be it's this is going to be hard to accomplish a bad movie given the talent that's behind it. As Agreed. opposed to say the Eli Roth uh, diatribe scotch is launched. <laughs> right, <laughs> actually, like, yes, exactly it's the exact opposite. opposite. <laughs> it's like it might be bad, but I'd be shocked. <laughs> like I'd, I'd be very shocked if I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I. You're 100% correct, and uh, he's kind of done no wrong, and sure, he could do wrong here, but I have high hopes and great faith that it'll be great. I do not feel that way about the Borderlands film. I wish I did. Eli Roth is just a crap director. Come at me. Send me your emails if you are if you think I'm wrong, but I name something he's done that's good. You can't do it. It's, yeah, it's shocking like that he it. reached out and told like us he liked our show, even though you speak so bad. Oh, yeah, right. He's one of those oh, names I, I wouldn't mention. Yeah. <laughs> Eli Roth, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> Maybe not now, but used to be a huge ah, fan sorry. of the show. Uh, anyway, we'll see what happens with them. Who knows? Microsoft Bethesda, anything else we were worried about there? I mean, we're going to get a lot of Xbox stuff. I assume a bigger look at Halo Infinite, which now is working on its debut this fall, right? That was the, the delay is to this fall, and that's a lot closer now. So um, I suspect we'll see a whole bunch more from what's been going on with Infinite since uh, we last saw it. And... Uh, who knows? I don't know. Some Probably years games. I'm expecting from Microsoft some news about Game Pass. Game Pass launched. It was great. The new games on there it hasn't. I haven't. Apart from the Ascent, which is you know got my attention. There isn't really anything. Oh, I can say I'm like looking forward to exclusively as my Game Pass subscription. That's mm. like on high hype level. Not you even know? that so 40k I'm, game. The 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 40k uh, co-op e deal. The uh, what's Dark it Tide. Dark Tide. Excited about that? Yeah, day, I day don't. One? I'm excited about that. I don't know if it's going to be on Game Pass. It though. is day one. That's, that's a day one Game Pass right there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm. Was that? Did we know that already? Or yeah, we knew that already. That that was announced the day oh. the day they first showed a trailer for that last year. I didn't. I didn't know that one. Maybe yeah. I should just get informed and then I wouldn't. <laughs> <think this. laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like I'm on the Xbox platform, and I'm like, they should just. They only tell you what's coming up shortly. Like it would be nice to know a little bit in advance what the big Microsoft flagships because I imagine the next Gears Five, for example, mm-hmm. whatever whatever game or whatever that looks like. Like we need those big draws. Microsoft needs those big draws to keep I think subscriptions people excited to subscribe and stuff. Oh, I agree. You know, like Disney's yeah. doing right. Disney's always got right now. Disney's always got a new crazy show on the horizon that you're like, I'll keep the subscription. I want to see the bad batch. Or yeah. They're, they're smart with that stuff. They're really, and so the, and, I'm ex- and, yeah, I'm expecting that from Microsoft. I, I mean, I, I, well. I stand by my decision to buy the Xbox series X. I think that that still felt like the right choice for me, but, uh, Ultimately, I think Microsoft has a little bit to prove because they do. I think they have a slight uphill battle as far as like brand and name recognition, because I still think that, you know, I think they have a console that genuinely when you take into Game Pass or when you take Game Pass into account and you look at, you know, what they're offering and the fact that. Anybody who was big in the 360 ecosystem, especially if you were downloading games, when you boot that up, you've got a library Mm -hmm. like out the gate and it feels really good. They've got all these features that I think are really stellar. And I still think like brand recognition is heavily in favor of the PlayStation 5. And I know Sony has some exclusives there and I know they are there are some good ones. I don't think they have enough to warrant the kind of attention that they get. And and the example I have is around the house. The the kids here are like, oh, man, 
your parents have a PS5, John? They have an accent when they talk to me for some reason. And I said, yeah, they do. And they said, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Why can't we have something like that? I said, we have an Xbox Series X. It's the same console generation. Yeah. No, it isn't. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, no, the PS5 is way better. No, uh, you're right. You're right. It's not even. This it's, is the hurdle they have to it's get. It's actually like, like technically and, and figuratively and all the iteratively's incorrect to say that it's better. Like spec for spec, it's actually worse. Like there's a lot of that stuff that under the hood we know because we pay attention. But I agree. The PR is bad. Not bad. Yeah, you they, dumb kids. It's just the kids don't know. And honestly, who drives this stuff? I've got a, I've got a nephew who is just every minute of every day checking with his dad or his mom. Find a PS5 yet? Find a PS5 yet? Find a PS5 yet? And it doesn't matter how many times I've told them. I go, you guys, for 15 bucks a month, you'll never buy that kid a game again. Like, you'll just, it'll just be there and you'll always have 100 games to play. You, this is, this is, this generation, it's the value proposition to beat. And Sony's going to give you two, three games a year that he's going to care about, plus his free-to-play stuff. And those two, three games are all going to be 70 bucks a piece. And that's it. And they're like, really? Wow. They don't know this. Nobody knows this because Microsoft is piss poor at getting this information out to everyone who needs to know it. We know it because we're, you know, we're in it all the time. But parents, grandparents, kids, the market in general... They don't know. They just don't know. John's totally right. I totally agree with him. That is an oh, uphill thing. I don't know. have. Do you guys watch TV? Like, are you seeing ads? Because I now that you mention it, I don't see ads for Game Pass. Like, I see maybe if I see an ad, it's for an Xbox. I just don't. Like, you're right. I don't really see a big marketing push for for Game Pass. I guess right. And I don't. I guess maybe just... they assume it's like everyone knows subscriptions are a thing. So. You know, you can go to Prime, Disney, Netflix. All those video companies don't need to push the fact that they're subscription-based because everyone's like, would be like, no, duh. Like, we all know. Mm-hmm. Because but maybe they, that's they, what they're assuming in the game space. They had, a, they had a thing where they, you know, we all knew they dropped the ball with the Xbox One in terms of their marketing and their message. And it's unfortunate because they had the cool name factor prior to that. Like, sure, PlayStation's been around forever, but the 360 era heavily favored Microsoft and their branding. And people said, like they used to say, oh, do you have a Nintendo? And it could be anything. That, when that, kids used to say that could be any game machine or whatever. And then if you really wanted to get picky, you could say, well, mine's Sega. Oh, Genesis, whatever. But in the, case of, in, the, in the case of the Xbox, they came out of that 360 generation with amazing brand recognition. And it was the cool kid console to have. And then they blew it with the one in terms of the early era of it. Did okay in the long run, but you know, in the early days, we all know those stories. We don't have to reiterate them here, but it was bad. And Sony took great advantage of that and became the cool kid console. And it rolls over pretty hard. And you have to either really F that up, which Sony hasn't done, like Microsoft did out of the gate last gen, uh, or you have to prove it in some other way. And I so I don't really know how Microsoft's gonna do it, but you're right. They are behind that line right now and they need to do better i think but value does matter i mean like sab Sabin in the chat i disagree if you know what that value is that creates mainstream appeal like a netflix for gaming and like triple a gaming netflix style service is an amazing proposition for a very low price and if more people understood how that worked 
and didn't just think of this as a toy they're going to buy for their kid, it, that it swings in Microsoft's favor. But it's a hard, I guess it's a hard marketing battle. I don't know how they do it. Um, well, Ibda bloke in <laughs> Ibda bloke. Ibda bloke, right? I, I wasn't sure to take this seriously or not because I guess I'm so out of the loop, but. He says, maybe there'll be an ad push as Windows 11 comes out. So I look it up, and apparently this is breaking. There's an event on June 24th at 11 a.m. Yep. that the Windows accounts have promoted. Is yep. Windows... Do we? It's not yeah, 11. It's coming. So it's not 11. My understanding... Well, according to Tom Merritt, who's got all sorts of pre-coverage around this thing, and we've known about it for a few days, Microsoft's plan is to show off whatever's majorly next for Windows. Prior to uh, now, there was a version of 10, like an addition to 10, that was a big interface change that got mm. dropped and they restarted their plans. This is supposedly whatever that restart was. Um, most people think this will still be called 10 or they may drop the numbering this time. Um, like Apple did with, with uh, when did that start? Whenever they Mac dropped OS it. Mac OS or whatever. Yeah. Well, they started with, it was still Mac it OS was 10. 10 it was their 10, I think. They had... Well, they had ten t- they've the had 10 one, right? since 1997 or something, but then they stopped when they started doing the California locations, like uh, Big Sur, well, now it's Big Sur, but whatever they were, the first ones, I forget. Then they stopped giving it a number or caring about the number, and there's word or there's rumor that Microsoft's like, yeah, well, it, you know, it's either going to be 10 forever or we're just going to stop and call it whatever. But yeah, whatever's next for Windows is, is happening on that day. They're going to show it. Yeah. Maybe it's linked to Xbox cross-functionality. Because one thing I've slowly realized that makes me depressed about being an Xbox owner is that it is pretty much the Windows store that's on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, because you know, I'm like, who, who goes in the Windows store? Only grandmothers who want to play Sherlock find the, you know, use the magnifying glass games. And then I realize I'm using basically the Windows store right. on... You know, it's the same. It's my same Microsoft platform. So if they're gonna pretty that all up and sync it all up and make it all a wonderful thing, then like maybe I don't care if we have a ten or eleven or whatever the new operating system is. But with whatever new that they're doing, I don't know if it's all connected. It would be kind of nice, I guess. Since that announcement's the twenty fourth, and Microsoft's showing stuff on the thirteenth, it probably won't yeah. scoop their own thing. But Pr- probably not. You know. But they may no, know, but they, you might see it go retroactive. They might say, "Here's how it'll connect to your Xbox yeah. when they talk about it." And yeah. you know, supposedly the new storefront is going to be a big part of what's coming with that. And, oh, you know, we'll yeah. we'll yeah. see. We'll see what they do. I, it, it is a case of when you look at Windows infrastructure and how they manage all these things and how they display it and how they get it out to the public. It's a case of this doesn't work the way it should. Yeah. And so sometimes just to get things right, uh, you just have to make something work the way yeah. it logically should. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways, that's what Game Pass feels like. Um, you know, the storefront's pretty bad. But as far as the service itself, it's a service that feels like, oh, this works the way I feel like this service should work. And mm-hmm. that's part of why I like it. That's part of why I like my Series X so much is booting it up and just logging into my, my Microsoft account and then going in. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot I bought that game on 360, but there it is, and I can play it if I want it. Yeah. Like, that felt really cool. That felt really neat. And I was like, wow, this this just works. And uh, anytime you get a consumer to have the reaction of, wow, this works the way it's it's supposed to, you're on the right track. So I would also they say they've come, out. they've really delivered on that whole smart delivery thing, no pun intended, but smart delivery works, and it works for people who had a Xbox One version of a game that now get a free version of the upgrade 
to a Series X or S. There's no fiddling around. There's no reinstalling. There's no, you know, it's more like a PC, basically. You just run it, and the game's there, and it sees, oh, you're on the Series X, so we're going to give you these features. Um, that isn't happening on PlayStation yet. Like, that stuff is really, really great. They, But those things are really hard to market, right? How do you get in front of, like, yeah. average buyers looking for a holiday game console whose kids are screaming PS5 for, for reasons we don't even know why they think it's so cool, but they do. And you're, how do you convey to them in a 30-second ad, we have smart delivery, which means if you already owned a game, then it'll just work, and it, gets, it starts to sound like you're talking to PC people. And mm. part of me thinks that, that Microsoft just finally embraced this and said, I mean, either, either we keep pandering to making it all seem magical and slick and sexy all the time, but not really telling anyone anything, or we really lean into what is the thing capable of. And because they've decided to lean into the capabilities and features and services, that's not great commercial talk, but it is great technical talk. And the right people are already listening. So they've got that audience already built in and interested. And they converted me, not converted me, but they got me to swing their direction this this generation because I understand those benefits. And Sony's not giving them to me. Not yet anyway. But you can't. How do you tell the soccer mom that she doesn't know? She doesn't get you know, it. And, well, and maybe well, it doesn't matter. Like I, I guess is a is a part of it too. Is you know, I, they they could be content. Near as I can tell, both consoles are selling extremely well. I, I, PS5s are almost impossible to find. Xbox Series X seem a little easier to get, but equally hard to find. Like quantities are are selling out. Uh, they could be perfectly happy, and who cares if kids are saying, "I want a PS5, I want a PS5." Like we're we're selling to the market we want. We made the the box we think is best, and we're just happy. Saban in my in the chat is my hero. Let me say, let me just quote this real quick. It says what Microsoft is getting right is a strong appeal to core tech people. Eventually, that trickles down as we recommend it to others. I just think if they had Spider Man, it would help more. <laughs> that's a great point that's a great point yeah like yeah that's that i think that kind of nails it right there that's what i was thinking too because it would seem remember that valve had the their steam boxes they were trying to pawn like the xbox series x feels like a steam box like feels like like i could easily have a steam app on this thing Mm mm-hmm like I know it's not easy because they'd have to sign deals. There'd be licensing, blah 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 blah. You know, game companies would be mad. Who gets the money? But like, technologically speaking, we're a stone's throw away from you know just being able to access my Steam version of the client, play my console games on there, have a great little box that would be amazing. Yeah, it's streaming in Technicolor, but that's that's what this feels like—a successful Steam box, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not only that, an Xbox, it, it feels yeah. like if they if they pivoted and let's say you know because they've been real cagey over at Valve. Apparently, they have something to say about consoles before the end of the year. Nobody knows what they mean. They've been real cagey about it. But I think here's my prediction: I think that they probably it's going to be Microsoft if anyone would be willing to strike the deal because it just feels like this is the mood they're in. But I'll bet you there's some sort of GeForce Now style service that you can lock into either through game pass with game pass or in addition to game pass or even separately but let's say a five dollar a month thing that you pay to valve slash steam and fly and that thing now is a is a a streamable thing on your on your xbox it won't be download it and play it here it'll be your steam games 
streamed through your local network off your hard drive if you want or via the cloud and you'll pay for that if you want local hard drive would be free i think that's actually coming so here's my prediction of the day it may not be this e3 when we hear about it in a couple of weeks but i think that we are headed toward a time where your steam library will be accessible by at least one of the major consoles in a streaming fashion in a really well you know oiled efficient way and i think microsoft's just in the right mood for it Sony is not in the mood for this, but Microsoft's already like, yeah, we'll put stuff on Steam and Epic and here and there and everywhere. Why don't you just play it wherever you feel like playing it? Like they're already in the mood to say, F all of this, like let's put walls up and keep everybody from inside our our little space. Instead, they're like, no, just open it up. Everybody play wherever you're going to play it. And we think that that strategy means more people will come here to play anyway. And I think they're probably and, uh, right in the long run. Th- but. There is there is some cross pollination because I think EA Play is available on Steam as well as on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Like you can, it's they actually oh, have yeah, yeah. both play. Yeah, there's like true. a connected tissue with EA. That's true. Yeah. So I, like I don't know if there, there's a way to you know make everyone hug. Like, well, <laughs> and there are there are very very strong rumors. Uh, it's almost confirmed. I would say there's been so much evidence that there is going to be some sort of Steam Switch like handheld. Oh uh, yeah, that seems yeah, that's eminent. It, it, it there's been enough rumors and talk and scuttlebutt about it that I I think it's pretty certain it's on its way. Again, don't know if that's going to be an E3 thing, but that could certainly be coming and. I don't know. That might be cool. A handheld uh, Steam connection. I guess it kind of depends on what it is. Is it just going to be like Steam Link to a handheld? You know, that's there's some appeal to that, I guess. But uh, otherwise, what is it like a Windows box? Like here, that's okay. So here's this is interesting, John. I'm glad you brought this up. Let's say that Valve announces this handheld, and we'd all be pretty excited given our you know our our connective tissue to steam. I got a lot of stuff invested in steam. So I'd be very interested in this. Um, I could see that thing being both a local steam link sort of cloud based, you know, local network thing to play whatever's on that hard drive on your PC from wherever you are in your own local network, but on the road or portable or uh, something downloaded, you know, on the road, a streaming service could see that. But if you want to play like native games, that you own on Steam off of that device, not cloud-based, but play it right off some SSD or hard drive or, you know, flash memory or whatever, that would have to be either a Windows box or a Linux box in a handheld. And I don't think they're in the mood to make a Windows device that's a handheld and somehow make that work. I think they'd be more inclined to make it some sort of Linux hybrid or a version of the Steam Linux client that would then do it, but then you're limited to what games you can install because they're not universally yeah. available for that for that OS. So there's a lot of questions about that, which is why I'm I'm fishy on anything outside of the streaming side. Um, but but maybe, and I love the idea, I love the concept. Like I'd be super into it. But then again, I hated yeah. their controller, so I don't know, man. I'm torn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on a lot of factors. What's the controller? What kind of games do, can I play on it? I mean, there are certain things that I think would be the nail in the coffin for the device if it's insanely expensive. If for some reason, and I can't imagine why this would be the case, but if for some reason it didn't pull in your library automatically of what you've already bought and you were having to buy games a second time or exclusively for this platform, that would be insane. Um, 
you know, if it's just a Steam Link with controllers stuck on the side, uh, it better be pretty cheap. But I'm not going to be particularly interested in that. But like you said, if it's something where maybe it's a limited selection of games because it's running on Steam Linux, which is, again, that's also part of the rumor, um, that's not that terrible. I mean, yeah, it's limited, but at least it's pulling from a library you already have. Mm-hmm. And it might be okay. It, that, that might be fine. But again, it, it depends on what they charge for it. If they it, charge well, it might, $600 it, yeah, for that, yeah. uh, no. Yeah, I agree. It's got to no, be you. it's got to be affordable and a good price range somewhere probably below what a switch would cost you. And um there's uh, yeah, they uh, there's a lot of questions I would have about this. On paper though in a basic form as a as a elevator pitch, I really like the idea. But yeah. I need to see see more. I think no matter what though, like home network environment, that thing will just stream your games. They'll make that a default service part of it because that's already true. You do it with browsers, your desktops, a Mac, whatever. I can run Steam games all over the house right now. So basically everything's a Steam link as it is. My phone does it. Um, so that'll be just baked in. So maybe there's enough on the Linux side to keep me happy so that when I can't play it natively, I'm okay playing streamed. And there, there's questions around all of that. But I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that gets closer to where I would be willing to, to put, plunk down money on something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, and there's nothing wrong with Steam Linux and Linux games on the service are fine. They run great for people. Uh, hand sanitizer in the chat says, um, uh, should stream on Linux runs great. Been playing RE8 on it just fine. Yeah, there's no problem with it as an OS. It's just that a lot of developers aren't making their games for anything but Windows. Some are making them for Windows and Mac. Some make them for all three or a combination of all three. Like there's no standard is the problem. So... It's just kind of all over the place. If you're going to play Civ 3 or Civ 6, I think Civ 6 is on everything. So you can just play it on Linux. And that would be a native thing you could play. But I don't really want to play it in handheld anyway. Like the games I want to play are like, I don't know, shooters and, you know, I don't know, stuff that uses sticks in the first place. Otherwise, yeah. you know, uh, what's More indie style games are really good for handheld. You know, you're, you're more simplified platformers and stuff right. like that. That stuff's all good. But then once you start to get into like indie titles, you know, whether or not they have the ability, because sometimes it's just one person, uh, to put out versions that are compatible with a lot of different OSs gets a little trickier. So it's just, it'll be interesting. I'll be curious to see what they, what they do with it. Um, I think I'm with you. Like I've got questions, but I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm very curious. Console curious. Uh, I do have a quick quote I want to share with everybody. Speaking of why it's a little weird with Sony right now for some, not that we're giant Randy, what's on my hard drive, Pitchford fans or anything. Um, (laughs) he he had, he put up a tweet about this a little bit ago. The news basically was the borderlands three was getting partial cross play. Like a lot of games are doing a lot of crossplay stuff, but they are refusing to play by Sony's rules. So Sony's not included in this deal, mm. at least not quite yet. Um, here's what he tweeted. Good news or bad news first. Good news. An update for Borderlands 3 is being prepared for release that includes full crossplay support across all platforms. The bad news for certification. We have been required by the publisher to remove crossplay support for PlayStation consoles. Um, basically, Sony has just certain rules plus they want a certain cut of loot and all this other stuff that uh that in this case uh, gearbox is not willing to play play ball with them um 
Yeah, I think you're that's, gonna see that's more something of that. we haven't talked about a lot. Is because uh, honestly, it's just every time I tried to get into the topic for news and stuff, my eyes went crossed, and I just didn't love it. But this <laughs> Epic versus Apple thing, yeah. uh, a bunch of documents got disclosed, and one of the documents that got disclosed was how much money extra Sony wanted in order to enable cross-platform functionality for multiplayer, which is basically Sony saying, hey, if you want us to enable that on your platform, you have to give us extra money. You have to give, I think they called it something like perceived loss or something like that revenue. In other words, like the ability for people to do that, you have to make up the money we think we're going to lose by allowing that. And uh, a lot of people don't want to do that. And right. so that's that's kind of what this is. Again, it's Randy Pitchford saying 2K said we had to disable it. And you don't have to read very far into that to know that, hey, it's because 2K doesn't want to pay Sony a bunch of extra money for something that everybody else is doing yeah. for them. Yeah. And at the moment, Microsoft's running, you know, they're running with that sort of stuff because they're like, hey, bring it over here. Hey, did you hear we don't even require gold for free multiplayer games anymore? Like. They are trying to take advantage of those shortcomings in the way that Sony did so deftly at the turn of the last generation. Um, it's, it just feels like lessons were learned, unless you're Sony, and then some lessons were, were forgotten. <laughs> I don't know. I can't quite tell what's going on with that, but it's all it's all pretty nuts. Sorry, Bo, you were going to say something. I cut you off. Nope, nope. I'm just. I made a noise at my face. It sounded oh. like I was going to say something. My face just went. Oh. You should have made a little. Oh. And you All probably right. came over the microphone a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Thirteenth also after Microsoft Bethesda, whatever they bring, we got Square Enix. Then we got Warner Brothers uh, back for Blood, and that they're going to show that off finally. So some of the people that made Left for Dead, and a whole new take on the zombie co-op genre. I'm actually pretty interested in what they do with that. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the, they must really like the zombie genre to be back for blood. Right? They're back. <laughs> you know, they're like, back wouldn't you want to do a different game? Haven't you done a bunch of those? No, nope, they're back. For no, blood. we want some blood, Bo. We want blood. So we're back for we're back for. There's blood. no shortage of zombie games and movies in 2021. No, but no, we're it's okay. It. Maybe it's gonna be awesome. It's just it. I'm just surprised, given that Vermintide showed that it didn't have to be a zombie game to make that style of game. But, right. Yeah, I agree, yeah. dude. Vermintide's so good. Why aren't we playing that anyway? Yeah. Time. Uh, PC gaming show will be back this year. Woo! Hope that's good because it hasn't been for a while. <laughs> oh man, bums me out because I I like day nine. That's and always like... a cringe fest, right? Yeah. I haven't seen oh, yeah. it in a few years. I think I escaped last year. I don't think I was with you guys on the PC gaming show, and I it was wonderful. It was yeah. wonderful to not have to cover the PC gaming show. Yeah. I'll do it. It was not even great. though everybody was like, it wasn't that bad this year, John. Guys, it's it's been bad before. Yeah, it's not about to get much better. Um, and that's so I mean, it, I'm glad it exists. I wish it was better. I don't know how you make it better. It's it, it's trying to cover a scattershot shotgun style side of the business. Anyway, PC gaming isn't like a unified, you know, one company thing. So. How do you do that? Well, you got to get money from partners. And is it enough to make a good presentation? And, you know, again, Day Nine's never been my problem with it. I think he's a fine host. I just think no, he's the great. Other stuff sucks. But, yeah. like, the problem is, is that so many titles that we play on PC come from other places and they get featured other places that when you then boil it down to, okay, we've divvied up all the announcements and here's what's left for PC gaming. And it's like, 
Well, we've got some DLC for Killing Floor. Yeah. We're going to devote about 35 minutes to it. And it's like, what are you doing? And then, well, and we were sponsored by ATI Radeon. So here comes somebody handcuffed to a GPU to talk about their hot new video card. It's just a nightmare. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not anybody's fault. No, it's a show sometimes yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, and that's a lesson that they maybe need to learn. Like the show producers, they got to line up good games and good guests. Like that's probably one where they have to probably reach out to some more independent developers making PC only, or you know, some less likely candidates for that kind of thing, and entice them to come and talk about their cool yeah. stuff. I mean, sometimes they'll get like you know Blizzard to come on talk about. I remember for Heroes of the Storm, they had a whole thing one year where they came out and announced a new hero on there, and that was a pretty good get. And I think they felt like they did need to have the big, a big, a few big marquee moments like that so that they could then justify having this little two man team come in and talk about some weird tiny game they're making. My problem weren't any of those for the most part, except you could tell with some of them was like, oh, the killing floor people paid extra money to talk this long or, uh, oh, hey, the um the ATI or uh, excuse me AMD just you know they're 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 bankrolling this whole thing so of course they're going to come out and not shut up about the freaking video card and it just turned into a commercial but again it's just you can't it's such a scattershot side of the business i don't know how you how you unify it and make it more like one of the big ones i just don't think it can be done so let no. them do what they're going to do it's fine we'll see if it's any good this year it'll be all right uh take 2 on the 14th along with capcom that's where Capcom will announce that their engine should be used for all video games from now on. And uh, looking forward to that. Just kidding. But I kind of wish their engine would. called. Yeah, what is that called? Uh, RE, RE engine. Just RE engine for like the Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I got to say, like my <clears throat> playthrough with John, we do part four in this, this coming uh, week. Uh, with all, Despite all the screams and the freakouts and the everything, the reason we even do it. I will say I'm very impressed with it, where that thing is. Like it's it's beautiful. It's. Uh, like facial stuff, uh, emoting, characterizations. It's the, some of the best I've ever seen in games. Like straight up, those people look like they're really worried and have faces that mean something and their mouths match their words they're saying. And like the tech just, it looks great. And the ray tracing's beautiful and it's amazing. I want some RPGs in that engine or something. So it's crazy because that game's probably, they're probably meant to speak Japanese. So if they're actually lip syncing English very well, that's, you know, it's just extra work and attention to detail the company has to do. Yeah, localize. it's really impressive. Actually, that's a good question. I assume there is a Japanese version of the game and that they separately sync all that because this stuff's synced right to the English. I mean, yeah, there's I pro- it's I a whole know. animation or mocap file or whatever it is they do to store the data to show the facial movements to match mouth yeah. speakings. You know, Benjen brings up the point, well, we'll see how it holds up to Unreal Engine 5. That's not what I'm saying. Unreal Engine 5 will always be huge and big and all the Unreal Engines from here until forever. That's just, it's an industry standard. There's no ducking its prominence. I don't mean that. I'm saying there's plenty of room in this business and there already is for custom engines, engines just for one game, engines that get shared across different games. I'm always impressed with what Frostbite pulls off for EA even when they... You know, the, the, the games suck. The technicality is It's so funny that you mentioned that because I was about to use that as my comparison. I was going to say, yeah, but I think what you mean is that it's not like Frostbite, which is notoriously bad. <laughs> well, they have a hard... Um, development-wise, people don't like working with Frostbite. But what I mean... And, and, you're, and it's not wrong. What I mean is when they get it right with Frostbite, Frostbite's still pretty impressive. Like, it's like an impressive... 
yeah. engine. As long as you don't have to see any people, nobody has to talk. <laughs> like it's fine. Well, I'm gonna change you your mind show on that. A car or a building or a gun. I'm gonna change. kicking I'm, a soccer ball and doing that. Uh, look, I'm gonna change all of that in a minute when I when we get to the games we played. I'm gonna blow your minds with something to do with frostbite. So I'm glad you. I'm glad this came out. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll uh, do engine beef next because I think frostbite looks like garbage most of the time. Um, but I don't disagree. Uh, I, 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 don't I disagree. think what is impressive to me about the RE engine uh, that yeah. is maybe not so great about frostbite, although Scott's going to try and prove me wrong later, and maybe he will, <laughs> um, is that frostbite. You know, you see it a lot for like Battlefield, and you're like, okay, this looks good for Battlefield. But then it gets shoehorned into a bunch of other games, and you're like, well, this maybe wasn't the genre for this. Yeah. And granted, Red and Evil isn't exactly like branching out in a major way, but they use that same engine for the third person, more traditional remakes, and they're also using it for these first person games. Mm-hmm. And what's impressive to me is that it looks and works so good in two different genres. Yeah. Like, because that's not universally true for mo- for a lot of engines. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, well, it works great for the genre it was intended for, and you step outside of that, and it, it doesn't work so great. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that might be true. I don't know what an RE engine racing game looks like. They haven't <laughs> tried it. But As far as we know, they haven't tried it. But, uh, like, I all I know is, the, the, the bigger point for me is, playing in that game will be in certain catacomb-style spaces under the castle or, or whatever, and... I, my brain immediately goes, I should be uh, a level five freaking uh, mage warrior and I'm going to go talk to the king so that we can figure out what the undead mess is in the town over whatever. Like I feel very immersed graphically in a way that feels like it's tailor made for your, your, your better than Skyrim, better than, you know, that kind of game. And I don't know why Capcom isn't just doing that like why isn't dragon's dogma having more sequels that look this good or i don't know what game it would be but whatever they you know maybe it's because it's a japanese developer these are western rpgs i'm describing but that that engine's awesome it's so cool i don't know but i gotta say this i just want to call out another chatter for having a winning comment uh, Tonda Ghost in the chat says the Resident Evil or RE engine racing game should be called Rev with a capital <laughs> R and a capital E. So I think that's good. I think that's a good title. Rev is a great racing name. I, we already said. called Rev? Actually. No. Not anymore. Not if you're so good that everyone forgets about it. That's the law of the land. Or was it called Rez? Or no, what was There's a Rev Rev on Steam. It is just an indie game no oh. one's ever heard about, but. Well, at least last year, it's about foxes. Oh. It also stands for robotic enhanced vehicles if you're working in uh, that industry. Oh. If If we learned anything from Zack Snyder is that you can put uh, robots in your zombie stuff and you don't even have to explain it. All you have to do is see if people notice. Just well, is there a robot there. in Army of the Dead? Oh, there are many or, robots in Army of the Dead. <laughs> I only made it an hour in and I shut it off. I was like, <laughs> it was so boring. Uh, it was you, honestly boring. You should. It, like, I mean, it's not great, but you should push through it because there. That when that stuff starts going down, you're like, "What am I watching? What is this?" And we've had a whole conversation about him going on the record and saying, "Oh yeah, that stuff's in there." We were hoping people would see it because yeah. we got these ideas and. Yeah, I, I kind of dropped off at the hole. They were sneaking through that, I guess, that building that had a bunch of zombies that weren't moving. Yeah. And then the girl gets left behind by the, of course, bastard person yeah. that's in there, <laughs> the justified guy. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, and I'm just, you know, I just like, I've seen this movie like 50 times already. I was like, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? I, I just couldn't. It's not couldn't great. It's not great. Well, the, our film sack episode was worth it, but I'm not sure I would recommend it in any other context. Except yeah, it's just kind of fun. I don't know. I had a good time. But it, but it's a, yeah, it's an entertaining film, no doubt. I just it didn't it didn't grab me. It wasn't you know, I was just yeah. disinterested, you know. Yeah, yeah. but Garrett Dillahunt makes a great dick. He's a great dick in every movie. Is that the Justified guy? Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't I, I recognize him from that. Was he in I guess he was in other stuff, but Hold on. Was he in Justified? Yeah, he plays a he plays a bad guy in one of the seasons. Oh, that movie makes sense say, to me. I know he's I know he's in um the other thing with uh with what's his name? Um we can't think of it. Deadwood. He's in Deadwood. Played two characters in Deadwood. He's in Deadwood. That's right. Yeah. He he's very yeah. different. He's not a badass in that. He's more of a. Isn't he like a junkie well, or something? Or yeah. He but yes. He played two different characters. And yeah. Okay. They're like nobody will notice, and we all know. We all notice because it it's, it's Garrett. I, we appreciated his return. It's fine, but yeah. it's very weird that he he's great though. Movies. He was a Terminator in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Have you say that? He was uh, a mate. <laughs> if you want to see him as a nice guy and kind of a dumb guy, he was great in Raising right. Hope, an amazing series. That, uh, by oh, the that would be weird because I have only ever seen him be a oh, jerk. You should watch yeah. Raising Hope because a you're a new father and there's all kinds of themes in there, but it's also freaking funny. It's the My Name Is Earl people made it. In fact, it was a series oh, after okay. My Name Is Earl, and it's great. Cloris Leachman's in it. She's hilarious. She's like 82 or something in it. She's fantastic. Garrett Dillahunt's in it bunch of people you know are in it that's a great show can't recommend if you're looking for just a fun lighthearted but subversive and pretty hilarious comedy raising hopes great it's very good uh all right now to bring it all back we need more zombie games yeah so yeah he was also the bad guy in uh the road remember the road uh, uh, I just yeah. watched that again. It's been a long time since I saw great. it. It was very good and very depressing. Yeah, it's very good. I don't know. You just reminded me of Terminator the Sarah Connor. How do you mispronounce it? Sarah Connor Chronicles? You say it's, say it fast. It's I impossible. Could. It's why Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sarah Connor Sarah Connor Chronicles. 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 Difficult title to say, but a great show. I really liked that show. That show was great. The show was really good. The title sucked, but the show was great. It had Queen Cersei in there as Sarah Connor. You had, like I said, Garrett Dillahunt there, and you had what's her name from Firefly as the as the lady robot. Forgot her name. She was the one that was the sister that was everybody wanted all the time. Mm-hmm. Can't think of her name. Anyway, her. Uh, River. River Phoenix. Nope. River. River. Her name was River. <laughs> River. Are you trying to think of her Firefly character Summer name? Glau. That's it. Yes. Her <laughs> name was River on, some, on, on Firefly, right? Yes. Yeah, Summer was, Glau. It was Not River Tam on Firefly. Right. She's the chick oh. who she, her, that actress plays a lady terminator in the sarah connor thing uh like <laughs> you just avoided it i don't have to get tongue-tied if i call it the sarah connor thing <laughs> i have to or i'll screw it up um sarah anyway it's it's a worthy watch and and garrett dillahunt plays a pretty great terminator later in that series it's very good in all of yeah, its doesn't three seasons. he just like execute a main character in like two seconds and you're like did 
Yeah. Yeah. He didn't just kill that guy. And then they're like, oh, no, he killed him. And you know who you don't fight guy? Terminators in this movie. The guy who you're referring to as that guy, that is dude what ended up being in the MCU and um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Agent. He died. He looked like he died from Loki, but didn't really. Showed up at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. later. What's his name in the show? Um, awesome. No, you know um, what I'm talking oh, about. Coulson. Col- yes, Coulson. 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 is the he got killed unceremoniously by Garrett Dillahunt in in that thing. Felicity Huffman's husband. I'm trying to remember his name. <laughs> well, no, she's the one that got in trouble and went to prison for. I don't know. Yeah, they were. I'm sure they were married at some point. Uh, that I thought it was Brian Austin Green that got killed unceremoniously. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was Wait. Brian Austin Green. Wait, from nine hundred two one zero to what we're talking about at this point. You talking about nine hundred two one zero, Brian Austin Green? Yes, that Brian Austin Green. He got killed by the Terminator. Oh, and that was early. Okay, you know what? You're right. It wasn't early. It was like in season two, but it was just like he walked around a corner, got shot, and then the show kept going. And you're like, wait, who's the main character? Is he dead? Clark Gregg. That's his name. Clark Gregg. I guess two first names. How can we forget? All right. Well, anyway. Forget about all that for a minute. James Cameron, like executive <laughs> produced that thing. It was good. I liked it. Uh, back to the thing, man. Where were we? Uh, oh, June fifteenth. Oh wait, I was wrong. I just got to issue a correction. It's Col- Colson's married to Jennifer Gray, not Felicity Huffman. Oh, that's Bill Macy. That's married to Felicity Huffman. Right, right, right. William H Macy. That Everyone's correcting me in the chat, like on a whole bunch of things. Like, wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow, I can't imagine in that rambling trying to remember names and shows and spouses that we might have gotten any of those details. Right? I know, I'm a little shocked that it didn't work out. Uh, Nintendo on the 15th, Bandai Namco also on the 15th. So look for those. Um, we also have a list of games that are completely confirmed for the show. And um, I'm not going to read all of these because that's boring. But I am going to read a couple of these. Uh, here's what we know. Um, let me skip down here. There's a new Anno game call coming from Ubisoft called Anno Muta Ionium. Muta Ionium. No, it's Mutationum. Mutationum. Okay, what the hell is I, that? that? That name is super sus. I don't like it. No, sir, That's I don't. Why not? Game. What's wrong with it? It's Mutationum. hard to say. <laughs> it's just Mutationum. Mutationum. I mean, they that's they sat down and said this will. This will sound good on a box. <laughs> like, like people are gonna read Anno Mutation and think I gotta play that. I like those Anno games. They're fun city builders and stuff, but I, that's weird. I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, it's it's weird till they show you a town full of mutants and you're like, oh hell yeah, I'm way into this Mutationum. Maybe that's what's going on. There's a new Battlefield yeah. game we don't know much about. It's just called Battlefield for now. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, something called Black Ghost Book. Runner's on here. Isn't that already released? Which one? Ghost Runner. Isn't that already a game that's on Steam? Uh, yeah, I think I even is. got a gifted copy from a listener. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. No, 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 I'm well, confused. maybe come into a different platform. Could or be. Or someone that stole oh. the name is making another game. Out. What was that one you were all excited about that I was trying not to spoil myself before it's the show? Not on, it's not on this list. We're getting, we're gonna get oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Let's see. Uh, just skipping down here. There's not a lot on here that just jumps out at me. Uh, <laughs> There's Yinglet. <laughs> there are some really good bad names of games being talked about on. Uh, One of them being Yinglet, like Bo said. I like the Yinglet. Yeah, Yinglet. Yeah. Baron Breakfast is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's bear, bear spelled B E A R. Okay. 
I like tra- uh, un- Trash Sailors. Uh-huh. Trash, sa- <laughs> trash Sailors is pretty good. Yeah. Unmetal. It's like... It, so it's just... Plastic? Uh, flesh? What are we talking about? What is unmetal? Yeah, what it's is unmetal? unmetal. What uh, about raw men? Like, like men, but raw. But raw? Ooh, I like it. <laughs> yep. Raw that's men. One. How about... Chir- run, die, run again. That's... Okay. Oh, wait. I saw that somewhere uh, here's what, here's my what for lovely Scott, wife. cleaners he likes the he likes the the cleaning games i do like the cleaning games yeah has it got a pressure washer i'm cleaners. in yeah uh chernobyl chernobylite which i like to think is chernobyl light like you know less calories means yeah, yeah. less radiation put uh, it in your water <laughs> and then you don't have to suffer the taste of water yeah john here's one for you happy uh happy's humble burger farm how's that sound to you that sounds great yeah. i wish I could just grow a burger on a farm. Do you guys want to play Fire Tonight? <laughs> no. There's a game called Fire Tonight. <laughs> not really. Turns out not yeah. so much. Shadow Warriors 3. Oh, here's one I recognize. Starfield. We know that's going to be talked about. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, and for all you geometry fans out there, how about Eternal Cylinder? What? What? That it's was my cylinder, stripper name. I want eternal. I demand oh. payment for my stripper name they're using. That's no good. Here it is. <laughs> Tamarindo's Freaking Dinner. Yeah, great. Marino, yeah. I'm in. Freaking dinner. I'm in. Freaking. Yeah, this is this is a weird list. Which one do you think was Ubisoft announcing? Um, my lovely wife. Anno and <laughs> my lovely wife is by Ubisoft. <laughs> well, that Anno game is them because they own that. Oh, for sure, Anno. Um, yeah. let's see. Then it's a like Gearbox doing my lovely wife. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good um all right so those are your games it's not it's uh these are the only confirmed there's tons here that we don't know so you're gonna have to i I think the big takeaway from looking at this list of what's confirmed and the lack of familiarity with most of the stuff on here is kind of it sums up my thoughts on e3 in general which is i kind of don't know what to expect this year yeah a lot of years you go into it and you go well we're gonna see x y and z and then you see it and maybe there's a couple surprises in there I genuinely don't know. I mean, no. we kind of already talked about it. It's going to be a Halo game. Maybe they're going to talk about that God of War, although rumor is it's getting pushed back. So I think that was confirmed. Not. The team confirmed it's getting pushed to 2022, and they're making it for PS4 and PS5, and now everyone's mad because they think that they're going to have to... Um, they're going to have to limit the scope of the game to make it work with PS4, and therefore it won't be truly a maximized PS5 experience. There's a big stink about that today. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the same people that got mad at the amazing Spider-Man game because uh, the puddles in, of water changed. So, right, right. Know, same cal- people. Calm down. Same people, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're waiting until 2022 on that game. That is no longer coming out the end of this year, so it's kind of a bummer. Although that leaves... Well, so, the yeah, Grimes is getting launched here. Grime. Grime? Sweet. Grime. Bring prequel it. to Grimes. Can I spray it with a pressure washer sprayer and clean it? That joke was super great. Yep. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, everyone. Well done. Um, okay. Where was I? Let's get to this freaking news. This breaking news. Yeah. Do I have a thing for that? Hold on. Um, Make it happen. No. Well, do we have like a? <laughs> what was that? I, I like what that. that. Was. I think you, you have yourself going to the bathroom. I don't know. I it wasn't it <laughs> Hold on. So, if the question is, what's the capital of Canada? For the record, it's a place called Ottawa. Okay, maybe that's a good intro. Um, <laughs> yep. Let's nail uh, it, right? Um, 
Breaking news, everybody. It's uh, the 2K game leak. And this is exciting because uh, they're doing a thing that we've all been begging for. So, John, previous to the show, you made the comment that we talk about this all the time. We're like, what do you want from Overwatch? What do you want from um, StarCraft? What do you want from a million other game types or other game properties? And he always says, oh, just make them an Xbox or an XCOM game. Let's get a turn-based version of that. They did it with Gears. They can do it with anything. Let's do it. And I always agree, 100%. I would love to see more of that. 2K, the makers of XCOM 1, 2, and all of its additional content, um, is making an XCOM-like game set in the Marvel Universe. And I am so wow. freaking stoked to hear this. I can barely stand wow. it. Yeah. Wow. stands a chance yes. of being good. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yes. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. I I, I don't even know. Are we going to get to make our own superheroes? That'd be cool. Are we going to get to do it with the superheroes that already exist? That's also cool. Turns out I'm happy no matter what you do. I'm already on board. As long as this game's good, I'm going to be a happy person. I'm so excited. I'm so jazzed. I'm really, I mean, straight up very excited. By the way, this is another Jason Schreier Marvel leak, so he gets all the leaks. I don't know how he does that. Um, but anyway, it is, let's see right here. It is also claimed that Xbox Studio for Access is working on the turn-based game. It will star Marvel heroes. Uh, last month, Take Two said the studio would reveal uh, several exciting projects. This would assume uh, would assume to be one of those. Um, what if it had build your own heroes? I mean, they might. Uh, yes. Like, do do, yes. do we want something more XCOM-y where you know you, you you equip your dudes and set them all up? I like- would love that. It, Marvel's notoriously stringent on this, but I would love it if they let you. You can be Hulk if you want, or that's part of your team or whatever. But if you got to fill out a team. Let me make somebody who's whatever ice power guy named Larry who also has webbed feet. Like, give me the power, man. Like you do yeah, in XCOM. Just because oh. you know that's a big. The customization is a big part of Xbox. I make all my friends or Xbox XCOM. I make all my friends. I make Scott, John, Mike, Grafton, Kyle, and Kristen are in there. Everyone I make versions of them. So this idea that that like maybe Bruce Banner is in the lab at home base, but he doesn't come out to do things because of plot reasons. Yeah. So I got to build my own heroes by siphoning off the powers of existing Marvel guys and then go out and be, you know, instead of Spider-Man, I can be Spooderman <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> or Spooder baby, you know, if they let you use right. babies as part of the team. I mean, my guess be- is whatever campaign they have, they might be stringent on campaign choices, but for like a sandbox sort of open game type stuff, they might give you more control. That's the only worry I actually have because Marvel's just... Like I say, they're notorious about this. They were with this uh, Square Enix game that came out last year that's, you know, fair to middling with that Avengers game. They just don't let people fiddle too much with these properties. Yeah, I guess it's not likely because you can make a, you don't need to license the Marvel property to make that game. I just described like it's City of Heroes, but, you know, you could just. Oh, you could just do so it without cool. licensing it, right? That so. would be cool. Imagine City of Heroes said, um, our, P- our IP is now owned by 2K, and they're making a City of Heroes exp- I would be as excited about that. Um, what I'm mainly I, excited about is the prowess of that company and their ability to make a really compelling turn-based strategy game. Yeah, yeah. And so whatever the property is they apply to it, I'm fine with. I, I just do worry a little bit that Marvel likes to fiddle in that and not not let you do too much outside of the norm. And they even have like, like the XCOM, the guy who goes commander, like that guy looks like Charles Xavier in a shadow. So (laughs) it's just, they just wheel him out and show him. This is not a shadow. And it's like, Oh, it was Xavier all along. Instead he comes out, come to me, my (laughs) X-Men. 
<laughs> I like it. Just reuse that guy. You're saving. We'd save yeah. a little money. Is your point? Same okay. exact guy. Just get it. Um, but I, I do think, uh, you know, they're not. They are stringent, but they're not as bad as like the Star Wars people. No. Uh, if we've, if we are to believe what we hear. But those um, are the same people now. Do you know what well, I'm saying? They are, but you know, as bad as that Marvel Avengers game is, and. and Honestly, I think calling it insanely bad is a little it's unfair. disingenuous. Yeah. I think that game is actually a decent game. The single-player campaign's actually pretty good. I think it had a lot of ideas and ambition. I think the problem is is the package that came out did not reflect properly that ambition. And I think that's what anybody who's going to do this needs to do. They need to... They need to shoot for the moon for the product that they release. And if they want to support it for a hundred years after that, if it becomes a success, guess what? Marvel's been around for a long time with the same characters. You can do that. But having like three supervillains in your Marvel game where you have access to the entire Marvel universe is ridiculous. Like that's crazy. And you have to, if you're going to have the property, you have to make use of the property. And that's what the original Avengers game just just didn't quite succeed at is it, it held back a little too much to release stuff down the line and then people didn't want to wait and it also had a rocky launch yeah, so yeah. you know that's games live and die by their launch these days there's like Bo always says there's so many things i could be playing why am i going to stick around for something that's broken and not working right i agree with that also that game well, whatever it has, it's, it has, it's, you know, devoted, but this is a, supposed to be a live service game. And if those aren't killing it by, well, maybe none of them do great out of the gate. The problem is there's plenty of them who've caught up now and are now dominating and doing really well. So if you want to bust into that space, you better be as good or better on day one or else. Yeah. You got to be good on day one because the games that like Warframe that are just around and get better with time, they they were ahead shat, of the game. Out of shadow you like yeah. you can't out wow wow it's been around for decades now at this point like yeah unless you're making that your plan but licensed properties are not notor- not known for <laughs> supporting a a product throughout the years see everyone who's pissed about Marvel heroes <laughs> being discontinued you know oh, like oh I love that like, game it's a good game yeah. it should be it it's should really it should just be up now for people to play it is it is a great crime against humanity. You know, hashtag first world problems. Agreed. That that they just shut that game down. Like, just stop and leave the game up for people to enjoy. Like, you just I have it in my Steam list. So loved it. That's the one worry. It has to. This game has to be good when it comes out. You know, this I is, agree. Yeah. Um, well, in this case, you know, they're less and worried it about be. it being a service, and it's more of a standalone. And um, I think it'll be. I have high hopes. I'm, this is none of this is negative. I'm all. Sto- I'm stoked. It's theirs to screw this up. So this this format of game, I think, is really good for that too i mean if you're gonna make a service game where you're each playing your own hero you've got to balance that in a really weird way and the avengers aren't balanced they're not a balanced team and that's okay thor should be more powerful than everybody else like that's just the way it should be and when you try to make a game where you want the person playing black widow to be just as competitive as thor like there's some weird there's some weirdness there and it's it's fine but you got to play, I, I think, to the character's strengths in a way, and I think that this style of game will be better at doing that because you you think about XCOM and you think, man, it'd be so cool, you know, to have people all hiding behind cover and just send Hulk smashing through a wall to take them all out, mm-hmm. or you know, be able to get 
an aerial view as Iron Man and then have somebody else fire a blast through, you know, multiple walls. Like it really, it takes a game where in XCOM you feel really weak. And by making those superheroes, I think that could make a really cool dynamic where all of a sudden the challenge is less like, Oh God, I could get shot once and just like <laughs> make it bombastic and explosive in a really fun way. I, I agree. Um, by the way, it's like even in something successful and well thought of like the injustice series, uh, fighting games, they had to jump through story hoops to make it so that Superman just didn't waste everybody he fought, you know, yeah. and they did. And it was cool. And I really love the comic series based on it. It's one of my favorite things ever. And it's actually thanks to John that I read it. But uh, even that, that just took all kinds of work to get them balanced. You don't need to worry about that here. Like here you're talking about, unless they're going to go crazy and say, and this is exclusively a multiplayer, free to play, buy boxes and get, you know, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it very highly they have that plan, but. You'll never, you'll never have it. It's just one of those things that's the, the, in my opinion, because money's behind it, the making of money they're always going to try and fit a round peg into a square hole or that works a square peg into a round hole. Right. You know, because they're, those characters are intentionally imbalanced. The star Wars characters are intentionally imbalanced. You're, you're never going to have a game. If it doesn't prioritize gameplay first and then designs after that, you're never going to have a situation where you're going to make a, a a healthy long-term game that they would wish for. It's just never going to happen. I agree. Uh, check this out. The other thing that got leaked, we haven't really mentioned it yet, but uh, Borderlands spinoff called Wonderlands, and it would star character mainstay of the series, T- Tiny Tina. A lot of people like her. She drives me up a wall, but whatever. That's fine. Put her in there. Tiny Tina's great. She's okay. She drives me nuts. That, did you play Badasses and Bunkers? No, I didn't play that. So I think I'm the only one here that likes Borderlands. You guys seem really <laughs> just funny to just take giant dumps on it. I agree the story is nothing, but that's the point. It's actually fun multiplayer camp. I had a really good time playing it, and the Bunkers and Badasses campaign was particularly funny. I loved two. Yep. okay? I loved it. Playing two, At one point, but no you, DLC. you p- play against really te- like OP Korean players yeah. also playing Badass and Bunkers, and they just whip your ass yeah. in the game. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff, and uh, Torg is amazing. No, don't, I don't know. It's a series I enjoy. It's I, fine. I just, I don't know. I don't know what I want from them. I think the gameplay is okay. I just don't I don't think the story is compelling. I don't like the characters. I think the humor is bad. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, we've been over this many times, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But The Canadians love that those the humor in these games. Is that what you're telling me, Bo? Canadian it's, humor? It's not the humor. <laughs> like, make it a regional thing. It, it wasn't the humor. Bo, I speak found, for all Canadians. Yeah, could right you do now. that? Could you do it, everyone? It wasn't the humor so much. And yeah. I mean, I own Borderlands 3, and I hadn't really played it. Like, that's a I'll get to it kind of game. But it has really satisfying shooting in, in game mechanics without, you know, like, just scratched that itch really good. I have really fond memories. I pre- played through all of the DLCs, and I did it alone, and then I did it with Crofton. Uh, we two-manned most of the game because we just kept really enjoying it. It was just, it isn't too hard. It's not mm-hmm. too easy. It's yeah. kind of hit, hits a good spot. Story's dumb, but when you're playing with friends and someone said, you know, the diamond shit-encrusted unicorn or something, <laughs> it's good for some laughs, you know. <laughs> not going to win an Oscar, but... Right. It's all right. I mean, you know, I'm it's, laughing it's, now. It, it, it hits it hits a certain point. It's not a great game, but it's not a bad game. I mean, billion a billion guns. No one else has quite done that or pulled that off. So yeah, well, that's that's a lie, but that's okay. 
<laughs> like a billion guns. It's like one gun has it's all stats. more fire damage than the other gun. It's a different gun. Yeah, technically there's billions of swords in Diablo 3. It's just it's the same concept. Yeah, exactly. It's just different stats. It's like yeah. a knowledgeable gamer that three of us are. We're not really fooled by this uh, billion it's guns. It's like blast this. processing for a new generation. It's like the last 10 guns look all the same, and I just vendor them all. Like, well, to celebrate just... to celebrate our Canada talk. Canada! There you go. I had to play that. All right. Uh, great. Uh, what else did we Trudeau have? right there. There you go. Uh, we got, uh, they said that as a result of XCOM Chimera Squad and XCOM 2 on Switch, they had done really well this year. That was part of this presentation. And then the final thing, uh, part of this alleged leak claims that 2K will publish a new action game described as Cthulhu meets Saints Row. I don't know what that means uh, other than okay. it sounds Okay. Uh, it says it's speculated this could be the Hangar 13's new IP described as, quote, open world sci-fi title with supernatural elements. Uh, but up till now, I did not know a title. I guess we still don't know it. Um, let's see. Take two. We'll do a presentation on Monday, June 14th as part of the Gearbox uh, presentation. Uh, let's see. The all digital E3 2020 event. But Okay, so that's it. So, yeah. You know uh, what I like, Scott? Yeah. I like when you combine sci-fi with, like, traditional horror. Yeah. Eldritch Ghost horror. on a spaceship is awesome. I kind of like it like, too. It's it's good. Yeah. Like, it's just they go together. It's not peanut butter and jelly because that's expected, but it's like some other combination where you're like that shouldn't work, but it does. Like I don't know, dunking your fries in a frosty or something. There you go. It's just. I agree. It works. I love space horror of any kind. So, and if you want to get funny about it, like 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 humorous in a Saint Row kind of way, all the better. I don't have yeah. no I have no problem with that concept. So we'll see when they when they show that off. So that's basically it from that leak. It sounds interesting. Um nobody else had any major leaks yet, although we're still a ways off from these presentations. So we still could see some other leaks and stuff, but high hopes for that Marvel game. I can tell you that much. All right. It's time for us to do a Dear Martha review. That's right. Steam reviews, Dear Martha style. Uh that John goes and picks himself for various reviews on Steam, and then we uh hear what it might sound like. In the form of a 1800s level uh, world or a uh, Civil War style letter sent home to mother, uh, John. Anything you need here? Or are you all set? You good to go? Nah, let's just go. All right, let's here it is. Enjoy. Out of the way. Enjoy, everyone. My dearest Martha, today I present to you a review for the video game Lunch Lady. Recommended, Martha. I hope to all things holy that this game was made by a single person or a child. If a team put time and money into this game, I feel so horrible for them. All in all, after playing for 14 minutes, very fun and cool game. Yours in this life and the next, Lee Kibum. That's that's okay. That's all he had to say. Somebody was going to buy this for me and make me play it because it's a scary lunch lady that chases you around. And uh, I don't think I'm interested. Yeah. I the reason I liked this review is because it doesn't read like a recommended. (laughs) Like it's it's there as a thumbs up, and then it's just like I hope nobody had to put time or money into this game. I feel bad for them if they did. And then they say they played for 14 minutes. And what a cool, fun game recommended. Right. Yeah. They're, sometimes people leave a positive review and then say how much they hate it. I think it's just so they get seen by the, I don't know, like review bombers. That's like the new technique I see is 
okay, you're going to shut down our review bomb? Fine, I'll give you a positive review, but say all my mean shit in the positive review. Which is, I don't oh, know. Oh, I see. Or switch or Steam reviews, they are a difficult bag of cheese to swallow. They are, but you know what isn't? I just wanna, I just wanna share this little fact with you. Yeah. There's a, there's a really fine uh, review for Final Fantasy 14 out there. Yeah. I just want to point out that 45 people have found this review helpful. Weird. F- 43 people found this review funny, uh-huh. and it has, uh, it has received some rewards for being poetry and heartwarming. Dragon beef. All right. Some dragon beef. Well done. Dragon beef. I'm happy to report. I don't have it to show here because I didn't cap or I didn't uh, do anything with the file yet, but um, playing a little bit of the new expansion slash chapter that just launched for uh, ESO called Blackwood. And um, I'll talk more about that game in a minute because I think the companion stuff is rad and everyone should play it. But anyway, I saw a dragon today in one of the hell portals uh, when I went to Oblivion to fight off a demon man. And. Um, a dragon appeared with four legs and wings. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He had a tail and big wings and Wait, then four wings? wings, back legs. Yeah. Not four oh, wings. Okay. None of the four wing business that you see in. Yeah. Let's know. not get crazy. <laughs> Two wings. There were some cultists, Aloria. There were. There were some cultists involved. Uh, some other stuff. Seems really good, though. All right. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, well done, John, as always. And when I say in a minute, I literally mean now. Uh, here's what we played this week. I played ESO Blackwood. It just launched, and uh, that was, well, see, in the first, I guess. So it's been out a couple of days. I didn't have a ton of time on that first day, so really the most I'd played uh, was light, late last night and then some today. And the first thing I did and was most interested in um, in this particular expansion is that they were, you can now do companions, uh, very Elder Scrolls-like companions, the way you've done them in previous Elder Scrolls games. And I'm actually a little surprised it took them this long to do this, but you they they went all out with it so i've got one who's leveling separately than me uh you can get a lady or a dude or the first two available they're gonna have more down the line is that their name lady or dude i forgot their names it's they're cool names but they're all fantasy names i always forget them but the one the one guy starts uh with a kit that's like a kind of wizard healer hybrid if you want that in your in your little two-man run uh team so you can have somebody healing you while you're doing tanky stuff or whatever if you're like me and you're doing a lot of ranged DPS mage work, he's less useful than the girl who has a bow uh, to start out with. And she acts as uh, mostly DPS out there. But you can spec her as you go to be a tank. So you can give her a great big sword and spec her. And, and you know, as, t- as she levels up, spec her and stuff that helps her to be more of a tank type character. So that she's taking aggro while you're off doing your, your glass cannon business. And... Um, I thought it was just going to be, oh, well, there's going to be another polygonal character with me here, the way it was in Skyrim, and they'll just sort of be around. But it's... Yeah, carry your stuff. Yeah, and there is an inventory inventory. thing. There's That is part of it. But they also, they have this full leveling thing, full spec thing that you get to control. Um, you talk to them, and and, and as, your, as your relationship improves and you get a better better relationship with them, you have like a little thing that's set at neutral at first, and you can make them super hate you or super like you. Total Paragon freaking thing on there um and you do it by doing certain things with them anyway the point is uh what was my point oh, oh and i can you dress get to them marry one of them if you wear the right necklace oh i don't know about that maybe possibly i actually don't know but you can so in this thing oh. though you can um uh what's i gonna say crap 
Which I was going to say. Sorry, I threw you with a Mary with a necklace. <laughs> you got me excited for an idea I hadn't considered. <laughs> uh, oh, I know what it was. You can So in the game, you've unlocked however many mounts and done a bunch of quests and ex- content that unlocked a, a rad mount from a certain expansion years ago. And you may have gotten tons of outfits, uh, costume style outfits that you can wear that you've unlocked over time in the game. And right now I've got, I don't know, 30 of those or something, 30 of the outfits. He can wear anything you want him to wear, he or her, and the any of the mounts. And he mounts and rides around with you when you're mounted. So I could say... Are you, are you sure you don't know about any relationship stuff in this game? <laughs> I should say he mounts his horse and rides it alongside of you, is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Um, but you can choose, like, you know, you want to match up and have you look like a real team, like you're both kind of in the, the Dark Brotherhood business or... Or do you want him to look like a real mage type and you not? Or whatever you want to do, you can just you know basically paper doll him up the way you want. And um, and he's actually really helpful in a fight, he or she, whichever one you're using. They actually fight well. And uh, when you gather stuff, he'll go, oh, what are you going to make out of that? And one time I killed a deer and he goes, you're going to eat that, right? Like this sort of stuff. Uh, it's great. It's just a great little feature and I'm really digging it. I'm glad they put it in there. Um, the hilarious thing though is in these big boss battles, like public dungeon battles, they're, everyone's got their companions and a lot of them are these like ranged girls with the arrows. And so they're all behind them and out like encircling them while they're up close fighting and they've got their DPS person out here. And the boss will do like a big AOE of like some kind of nightmare flame and just go and it'll just wipe out all the companions like dead. (laughs) So they're now just floating in ghost form and I haven't been able to tell how they come back yet. I'm not sure how that works. If they just res after a period of time, do I have to do anything special? Like in Skyrim, they were just dead. Well, wait, does that mean your companion is dead right now? Cause you don't know how to get him back. No, no, no. Yours not die. No, mine, mine didn't die. Cause I was using the dude okay. and he was off in a different direction. Cause I just gotten him and then I found a portal and it's, it's, it just all kind of happened at once. But all of these lady, all these lady arrow ladies are just ghosts in the back going, well, shit, we've been shot, you know? Anyway, I think it's a really cool system so far. I'm not super deep into anything yet. Just started the zone content and the the questing and stuff. And, um, you know, brand new zone as usual. All the new stuff that comes with that. And super like it so far. Also, they improved load times and some other tech stuff behind the scenes. Seem like that stuff's better. And I think there's supposed to be day, day one console update where everyone gets like next gen console graphic updates. Oh, but, nice. I, but I haven't nice. checked it. It'll bring it just closer in line with with PC, but also I think add some effects and stuff. So anyway, all good in the hood there in the ESO land. Been enjoying that, but I'm super early. Uh, but so far, it's all about these companions, and these companions are great, and I'm totally digging it. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, here, okay, you ready for the Game Pass story that I've been holding all week? You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Okay. It's going to be such a letdown because it's not that big a deal. But I've been building it up for a week. Let's go. I was playing around in there and I'm like installing stuff here and uninstalling stuff there. And I'm just like, you know, messing around on the Xbox, playing ME or um, Mass Effect. And uh, I saw in there one of the Need for Speed games. And I'd seen the same game on Steam with like really good reviews. And I said, I thought these got bad reviews. I thought no one liked these anymore. I was sure of it. Nobody likes Need for Speed, right? Right. So I look it up, and sure enough, this one's actually got good reviews, at least user reviews everywhere I looked, and that's Need for Speed Heat, which came out in 2019. 
I don't know much about the game. Hadn't followed it. Didn't know, you know, whatever. I like a good open world driving game, so I'll, I'll pick them up here and there. But this one, under my radar. EA Play or EA whatever. What is it called? EA Play. Yeah, yeah. Play. EA Play. Yeah. Included in Game Pass. So I'm like, well, this is no harm, no foul. I'll just install it and see what's up. So I installed Need for Speed Heat. And it's basically telling... it's it, This game's story is like one of the Fast and Furious style stories. That's what it is. You're like, you know, at night racing for better money and better cars. And there's a bunch of characters and they all seem like they're from Fast and Furious scripts that didn't get made into they movies. And that's talking about family. A little bit. There's a lot Nos. of that. Yeah, I mean they are totally leaning into that. I will 100% admit that. Um but here's where I'm surprised. I came away really liking how that game feels and it runs beautifully and the races were great. Visually it's amazing. And it's all Frostbite engine, so back to some frost some engine beef here. Yeah. Um I was told and believed too that it was impossible for these games to do very well with people, their faces, their emotions, that kind of stuff. These look great and the people look real and they talk like they're making like real expressions when they say stuff and their words match with their lips, you know, speaking of the RE engine, and it was like that. And there was like great hair tech going on. And this mm-hmm. felt like a game that wasn't just, uh, cutscenes jammed into it they these people felt like they were part of that world and it was seamless between that and me getting back in my car and racing somewhere um Hmm. i was blown away i had so much fun with this game i'm still gonna keep playing it i liked it that much and i'm not super into this whole yeah rough day on the streets but one day i'm gonna have my own car racing thing and we're all family (laughs) like i'm not really into that but they're doing that okay like that thing they're doing is working for what it is and it's fine and I'm leveling up and I'm gaining abilities and I'm unlocking new stuff and new cars. I got this awesome Ford something I started with. Mustang, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, it was an old Mustang, though. It's like an old like uh, 60s era, 70s era Mustang um, to start with. Anyway, the voice acting's really good and convincing. Uh, it runs beautifully. It reminds me of Burnout Paradise, but with people in it. Um. And some story. I burn out paradise an awful lot. I do too. I was so surprised by this. It was another reminder that I need to quit being so judgmental ahead of a game when I just think the general consensus is a certain feeling. Like I just had this certain, or I had this feeling that, well, no one likes Need for Speed anymore. So I shouldn't like it either. So I'll just ignore it. But sure enough, this game's rad. And I wouldn't have known had it not been for such a cool way of getting it. Cause I had no risk here. It was just like the time to install it. That's the risk I had. That's it. And then I did. And then I really liked it and it's staying on there until I, I may finish that game. I really liked yeah, it. I mean, nice. who's going to take a chance on a full box price on a, you know, seventh or eighth or hundredth entry on a game. Like, ah, right. you know, yeah, nothing new here, whatever. But then you pick it up, play and you're like, I really want to play this. Like, right. Right. And, yeah. the, and Dwight Schrute in the chat is right. You could say that this does apply to everything. Like it's, I'm trying to be better at this where my predispositions or my, my assumptions or whatever, I need, I need to just be more ready to just immediately push those to the side a little bit and look a little harder. Yeah. You know what I'm but don't just beat yourself little. out too much because without the, this pass, what you're then telling yourself is I need to drop 80 bucks more often on shit that I'm not going to like. You know what I mean? Like, right. 
It's right. not something anyone wants to do, and, and you, I would discourage anyone from doing that. That's what makes this great, is that they're accessible. Like, they don't make shareware anymore. There should be way more shareware pushes and drops with games, too. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a lot of demos lately. Like, I've seen a surge in demos. Have you noticed that? A lot of demos. Saying, uh, I played a demo. I didn't include it in my thing, but I actually played a demo, too. Yeah. It's like, being able to try a game will... Ch- you can watch trailer... Like there's this there's this trend if you know you have cyberpunk or you have a Blizzard game has a really sweet trailer but the game's not the trailer right and yeah. that's that's okay that's part of it because I feel like they lean into the fact that people know what the game feels like to play so they don't need to one to one it but some of these games you're not going to get sold by a trailer ever you're going to get sold on someone's opinion or trying it yourself you know right and right yeah so. Anyway, maybe it's do more demo, like play more demos, try more demos. It's just there's, we're so overwhelmed with stuff to do. I usually feel like what in my list that I bought yeah. I should be playing, yeah. like yeah. Griftlands. You mentioned I own it. I haven't played it. I'm like I should play that. Or how about Disco Elysium? Mm-hmm. Like I'm so backlogged on games as an enthusiast who wants to play a lot of them. Right. That it can be hard to make time for, you know, heat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Would I? Would I have? I, in no other scenario was I gonna end up playing Need for Speed Heat, the twentieth game in a series of racing games, which have been hit or miss sometimes. But what ended up happening here was the perfect combination of I've got a second. Let's try it. I'm kind of in the mood for a racer. Oh, this is good. No, this is actually great. This is really good. Like this is the kind of game I would spend money on now that I've had a taste of it. Like if they suddenly said tomorrow we're pulling that game, I'd consider getting it. It's not full price anyway right now. I think I get it for forty or something, but because it's a couple of years old. But it's it was really good for what I. I mean, just it just took took me off guard. Um, Silence in the chat says, "Do you think expectations for a game differ based on playing it for free versus paying sixty bucks?" Absolutely, it does. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this before. Um, like. <laughs> It goes both ways, though. Like, part of me, when, when Halo comes out, Halo's a game you expect to pay $60, $70 for. You just expect it. That's been the tradition, and it's a Halo game, and you buy it. That's what you do. But this time around, we're not going to. If you have it, I mean, you can. But if you have Game Pass, you're just going to get it. And mm-hmm. on that side, it's like, oh, I'm getting this amazing $60 value for nothing, basically, because I'm already paying 15 bucks I'd spend anyway on the yeah, service. The company's making their money. The developers are getting their money. Right. But it works both so, ways. It's like great on that end, and on this other end where I'm not yeah. sure, and this game looks fishy or sketchy, or I'm not, I haven't heard, or you know, or heard NFS games are bad or whatever. I'm also having some nice surprises, like oh, that's pretty good, or that's as shitty as I thought it would be, but no harm, no foul. Like it's great. I had uh, I had a weird moment this weekend where I kind of got myself in the mindset that you uh, probably had been in recently, where I was like, man, I I could play a game like Power Wash Simulator, House Flipper, <laughs> Castle Flipper. Like, yeah. I just got in this weird, like, itch to play one of those games, and I, I got the itch, and then I went, oh, right, but I have to spend money if I want to play one of those games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if you get a code, sure, sure. you know, great. I, I would probably try all those games too. But then when it turns down to like, hey, you have this really like kind of niche itch you want scratched right now. Do you want to spend 15 bucks to do that? No. Yeah. But if, that, if those games were on Game Pass, yeah, I would have downloaded it and I would have played it this weekend. Right. Like in a, in a heartbeat. So yeah. money is a big factor when it comes to these sorts of things. And Game Pass is a doorway to a lot of games that 
you know, you might not try otherwise. And if I look at my list of games that I have installed right now through Game Pass, one of the trends uh, right now, with maybe the exception of Crusader Kings 3, they're all games that I wouldn't have bought and wouldn't have purchased. They're games that I just was like, you know, that looks interesting. I want to try it. And because I have Game Pass, I'm able to. Yeah, you just try it. Like it's, it, it, I cannot overstate this and it's not just a commercial for Microsoft cause they can blow this as much as anybody could, but this is a real, this is a real thing for me that isn't just about the money. It's about the money. It is about the money, but it means the money's no longer the object. The object is I get to try something new with very little risk to me. And that means those developers get more eyeballs, which means you get discoveries you didn't think you were going to get. Like I forgot to write it in here, but I downloaded it on game pass cause it launched on there. Um, snow, was it snow runners? Snow runners. Oh it's yeah, giant yeah. trucks trying to deliver giant pipes in the middle of the snow in Alaska. It's like mud runners. It's like Euro truck, but in the dirt. Okay, it's one of those. And I'm not buying that normally. Normally, you're not getting my forty bucks for a game like that where I know I, I kind of know what I'm in for and I know how long I'm going to spend with it. But I'm like, it's on Game Pass. I'm going to try this thing. And I paid that for three hours or so. And I enjoyed while I was there. Would I turn around around and spend cash on it? Probably not. Because it's just not my jam. Some people are going to love it, though. Um, it's just, it's... <laughs> that well, game- that's where if you love it and they have the DLC thing, but they don't have the DLC on Game Pass, you can invest. You can be right. like, yep, yeah, I'm going right. to play this game. Let me get all the stuff. Let me do it. Sure. You know? Sure. And it's there. Like, the options it gives you is just really... Really rad. I, I, you know, I just, I just know that I had, I had two really unique, interesting experiences that I wouldn't have had any other way. And I hope, I hope that that is the where the industry as a whole is headed, so that there's more discovery, more options that don't take eighty bucks and a and a hope in the you know hope in the sky that you're actually going to make this work. And yes, Microsoft offers refunds for retail purchases of games, and so does. Steam and Epic, although getting an Epic return is a nightmare. I guess we talked about that in the time I tried. But anyway, um, you know, it's not like well, that's all a hassle. And it's even a huge demos hassle. are a bit of a hassle. Right. Like I, I love demos. I love that more people are doing them. I think we should all benefit from them. But a lot of times with demos, uh, you know, maybe it's not as big of an issue these days, but I remember back in the day where it was like, if you accidentally tried to install the real game and you had the demo installed, you run into all sorts of weird PC issues. So it's okay. Well, I got to make sure I uninstall the demo. Then I got to make sure I put in the actual game itself. And you know, it's, it, it really is. It isn't the biggest deal in the whole wide world, but it's additional steps, right? There's a big difference between I put the game on my computer and I'm playing the game and I'm deciding if I liked it versus I'm playing a little chunk that was decided and curated and telling me this is what the game is. And I'm hoping that that is true for the entire experience. And then I'm making a decision and making a purchase and then installing something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. And you're right. It's not as big of an issue for demos now, what you described, but but it's still a, it's a valid point, and I don't know. I just like where all this stuff's heading. I hope Sony Sony gets on board. Um, like <laughs> I don't know, none of this would happen on that platform right now. And I'm and this is not I'm not going after Sony. I want a PlayStation Five, but I want that value too, and that value is just not there. Like I would have to 
hope that Miles Morales is as good as everybody says, and it probably is, and it would have been an amazing game, and I would have loved it. God of War 2, same thing. It'll be great, I'm sure. But it will be more of me waiting around for those tentpole titles that, that are almost guaranteed wonderful plays and never me being experimental like I would want to be. Never me discovering just because it happened to be whatever. Yeah, they've got their service of three free games a month, a couple of games a month free with uh, Plus or whatever, but they're easy games I already owned or don't care about or whatever. This more buffet style just gives me more options and more opportunity. And I and if that doesn't, like I'll eat my hat if Sony doesn't end up here at some point. They're going to have to. They have to. Yeah. Like this is the one market pressure that they've really got with this particular comp, comp, um, this particular uh, generation is they've got to swing to those services areas and they, ha- they just have to. Everyone else and their dog, not just Microsoft, are moving that way. So if you don't start moving that way, Sony will be the only one that isn't. And I just don't think that's sustainable long term. So I really, I have full confidence they will. And then I'm, I'm back on board, man. Like if they had a version of, if they had Game Pass on PlayStation, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd just be doing it. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know. absolutely. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird time. Sony could get me very much on board if they leaned a little bit more into their their history and their library. Again, we've talked about it. I don't want to go too far down it. Not in a streaming sense. I want to actually be able to download yeah. those old games and play them. And if they leaned a little bit more into their back catalog and the ability to play those old games, as well as offering maybe a service that would uh, allow for that, I would be I would be all in. Yep. Right now, they are almost there. The big thing that holds me back is that I don't want to stream the games. I just want to download them. Yeah, and it make it part of your strategy. To some people, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's big enough to me. So if, if you wanted to make that part of the strategy, that it's in, you know streaming's part of it, the way XCloud will be part of it. Fine, but it can't be. It just can't be the only thing. Not right now. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. Um, all right, I'll rip through the rest because the stuff we've talked about before. Um, still playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Taking a little of my time this week, just was busy and didn't have a chance to really get in there. I really like to sit down and play that game for chunks of time, so I'll have more time for that this weekend. Uh, Grifflands came out of early access and hit 1.0, and it's still amazing. It's great. Uh, people should buy that game. It's on sale right now <clears throat> for its launch on Steam. I just uh, re-downloaded it, so I think maybe this weekend I'll give it up. Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear what launch. you think. I can't wait to hear yeah, what you think. It's... It's cool. Yeah. I I stepped away to wait for 1.0 and so I'm I'm curious what it's like now. You know what it reminds yeah. me of, John? It's like um <laughs> maybe it's cuz I'm playing Mass Effect at the same time, so it's kind of throwing me, but the the dialogue and story stuff is so remind me reminds me of that. It's got a Star Wars vibe to it. It's this, you know, alien world but also a little Mad Maxy and the story stuff is great. The questing stuff is great feels fresh every time you play a new run. That's a cool game. It's really cool. I still get a little confused with the dialogue fights, the the argument fights. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really in a really cool innovation here. It's just I'm not sure uh, some of the terminology still is like, wait a minute, that's a refuting card. So what that refutes what? What does that refute? And so there's some confusion on my part in terms of some of those mechanics. Um the fighting fighting is a lot more straightforward, but I'm sure I'll get my head around the argument stuff more. I just don't think Clay knows how to make a bad video game. It's completely worth it. It's awesome. It works on Mac, runs on PCs. Uh, it's on Switch, right? I think. 
Uh, PlayStation might be, I think PlayStation and Xbox are getting it. But anyway, just big grats to them for hitting 1.0, and it seems super cool so far. Uh, then also, Shipbreaker, more of that. I had the worst lockup ever. Um, it really bummed me out. So I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> but I love that game. <laughs> That's it. I did. That's it. <laughs> I had a record lockup ever. Well, I had a record run on these like javelin ships, and I didn't waste anything. Like I didn't have any of the stuff in the red. It was amazing. Felt really good. Just had a rhythm going. And then right toward the end, I had a, this the weirdest lockup, and it locked up. Um, they have a, I mean, a few known issues, but for the most part, I never run into that in that game. That was after like five or six ships, no problem. Then I had a lockup. Then I did another three. It's not like it's a common thing, but. Um, I just love that game. Gosh dang it. That game's so cool. Um, all right, John, you played No Man's Sky. I heard there's... I didn't we just get an update? No Man's Sky. I thought we just got an update. Now there's something new? What happened? Something yeah, new. there's a new update. The prison. Yeah, there's a new update. I didn't even un- uninstall the game this time, because that's usually my joke, is that every time I uninstall the game, they uh, do an update, and it makes me reinstall the game. Wow. I still had it from getting the Normandy. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's not... I don't want to say it's not a big update, because depending on where you put your priorities, you'll feel differently. But it's called No Man's Sky Prisms. Uh, It's mostly a graphical update to the game. They've added reflections, fur. Uh, You can make a pet out of flying creatures, so you can actually fly around on creatures now in that game if you want. Uh, Mm. refractions, they've added uh, rain and weather, so if it's raining, things will actually get wet. They'll have that, you know, wet effect and look to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Water will drip off of structures and stuff like that. Um, The other big, big thing, uh, you know, they've they've done some things to enhance the photo mode and some of the effects in the game, Uh, but the biggest thing for me is that it now has DLSS support. Uh, so that game is running really good for me now. Uh, it it was before. It's not like the game was running poorly, but um, definitely with reflections and a lot of the stuff they added to the game, I got in and I noticed with all my settings cranked to the highest that it was it was my my game was feeling it. And I turned on DLSS and uh, that game's running extremely smooth and extremely good. That tech is so, insanely cool. It's so rad. It, It is maybe, you know, everybody talks about ray tracing and ray tracing is really good. I think it's when when you first hear about it, you're like, this is the big thing we're all going to get excited about. And then you see it and you go, oh, my gosh, ray tracing is actually pretty incredible what you can do. Um, But I actually think DLSS is the more fascinating technology. And I... I love that. I wish every game had it. It it makes your computer feel like it's the most powerful computer on the face of the earth. Um, <laughs> just yeah. just as soon as you turn it on, you're like, oh my gosh, my PC. It's like I upgraded it. Um, I I love it. And uh, the new update's really good. I'm doing a, a new playthrough because that's what I always seem to do whenever something comes out. Yeah. But uh, I respect that. I, that game looks so good. I landed on a world today, and I immediately I, I called my wife over. I was like, stop doing what you're doing. She's like, I'm at work. I'm like, I don't care. This is more important. Come look at this planet. <laughs> and uh, she came over and looked at it because the entire world, it was a moon, mm-hmm. and the entire world was in black and white, essentially. It was yeah. all dark oh, cool. shadows. But then out of the ground, every couple of seconds, there would be like these worm-like like tubers but they glowed 
So you just see these light worms come out of the soil all over the place. Wow. And then if you looked up in the sky, because it was a, a radioactive world, everywhere where there was light coming in through the atmosphere, it got this rainbow glow to the sky. So this black and white world, this crazy rainbow glow up in the air and worm, uh, glow worm tubers coming out of the ground. And it was just like, it was wild. It was really cool looking. I was just like, my goodness, look at this. And then there was some weird rhinoceros giraffe walking around. I was like, oh my gosh, this game's so good. I love this game so much. And I've been, uh, I've been building uh, or repairing a new ship that I intend to trade for a better ship and. I bought another S-tier ship that looks like three balls just floating through the air. And Sweet. It's, uh, it's great just yeah. flying around in three balls, and that feels really great. Uh, I don't know. No Man's Sky is just amazing. It's just a wonderful, wonderful little game, and yeah. it's it's so chill to just get in that game and play, uh, and it's relaxing. It just keeps getting better. Did you, did you um, mount any wildlife or any of that? That's another thing I did. <laughs> no, I didn't mount any wildlife yet, but okay. they do have a buddy system now, so you can make friends with the animals, and oh. they'll follow you around, and you can even put little, like, gear and armor and stuff on them. Wow. Uh, so, you know, whenever you're walking around, if you see something that looks really cool, you can go, hey, let's bring that along on my journey, and you, you can do that now. But I am curious about the the flying. I mean, they essentially added flying mounts to No Man's Sky. What a weird thing! But yeah, it's, it's very there. odd. It's in the game, yeah. and uh, it's so cool. I've got my Normandy flying around with my fleet, and that's still awesome. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I think this has actually been in the game for a while, but the thing that I now think is the coolest looking thing that you can do in that game is I just realized you can call your freighter while you're down on the planet. And it causes the freighter to appear in low orbit, so you can see your capital ship from the planet. It's a really awesome feeling. It's been in for a while. It's super cool. But it just looks so cool. You're just down there, and this this massive ship warps in in the in the sky. Oh my gosh, I love that game. That game is so good. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's the same game that came out in 2016, and yet we love it this much now because that game was poop and it launched. Poop, I say. Uh, all right. Well, that's cool. And then more Final Fantasy. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. More Final Fantasy. Uh, it it doesn't. It had an update, but none of it really. Not a lot of it applies to me. So well, okay. I'm plugging away. I just want to say, and this is a testament to the quality of Final Fantasy. Yeah. In a world where Mass Effect, my favorite game series of all time, is out mm. and in a new form and a, inviting me to play. The story in Final Fantasy is still pulling me away, and it's all I really wanted to do wow. outside of No Man's All right, Sky. that's high praise for someone like you who enjoys a good narrative. Um, I will, I can respect that. Yeah, the story's not the problem. It's really the dragons. Dragon. Beef. Uh, moving on to Bo playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077. You know, that game that uh, came out to uh, nothing but rave reviews and no problems. Uh, been nothing but easy, smooth sailing for CD Projekt Red since... Just kidding, yeah. that's a different timeline. Uh, how is Cyberpunk 2077? So oh. I kind of dropped off Cyberpunk because of personal issues at the time. And so now that I'm... Uh, I decided I need to get back into it. I picked it up on Xbox, which is a lesser experience than the PC version, but I get to enjoy it from the comfort of a couch or lying in bed, so that's great. Uh, this game, I figured out what's wrong with it, specifically, where they messed up. 
The writing. Because, no, the, the game oh, is okay. actually really good. Uh, and let me tell you this. We talked a lot on the show about comparisons to Borderlands. I've seen, it, you know, it's like Saints Row without the humor. Yeah. I think, I think that that criticism is a little unfair because, you know, as I've reflected on it, there are, are a lot of nuanced cyberpunk settings like the Blade Runners of the world and, um, you know, Deus Ex we talked a lot about. There are cyberpunk, if you look at it, there are cyberpunk tales that lead into ultraviolence, like a clockwork orange, right? I mean, there are serious uh, takes on the future that do involve um, this sense that life is not worth much and that there's so many people and there's so much technology that no one's going to cry about people dying. So I think I think this game, first of all, you, you title the game after the genre and everyone's going to have their expectations about what they liked best about the genre when they approach it. Right. So so what I've done is I've, I was able to check those expectations aside and say, this is a cyberpunk vision. And it actually involves some serious narrative about what it means if no one gives a shit if you die. And. There's a lot of worry about that in the world today. I mean, guns are rampant in a lot of places. There's shootings. They're already heading in that direction. It doesn't take a lot to imagine a serious world where kids bring guns to school and that's just life. Like if you don't bring it, if you're not bringing a gun to school, you're you're in, in this imagined future. You're doing life wrong. So thinking about that game in this context, and then thinking about it in the context of, let me be. I think when I played this game, I'm like, I kind of want to be Adam Jensen. I kind of want to be a hackery guy that is non-lethal, that's trying to be a good person. Right. This world, I think the idea is if you're going to immerse yourself in the role play of this vision of the world, you have to immerse yourself in the notion that you've grown up from birth, that people die and it's no big deal. That you're you're not going to get anywhere in your life if you're not killing people. Gotcha. And, and, and so I'm still playing it peacefully, but then I'm still deciding, hey... I need to get ahead in this dog-eat-dog world, and I want to do it big. I'm going to have to be part of this shooty, shoot, shootery stuff. So, like, putting yourself in the right frame of mind allows you to enjoy the narrative of the game a lot more because that's that's the cyberpunk vision that you're participating in, that you're role-playing in. You don't get – at one point, I believe uh, Keanu Reeves called me a pussy. <laughs> For not killing something, for not, he's like, you went through that whole thing and not, it's literally what he said. And he, you know, he's just like, oh my God, like you're the worst. <laughs> um, yeah. And the other way that I approached this game was to approach it that, that I, that I was a person just trying to get street cred and do a job. And this is where the game screwed up, where I think it alienates a lot of people in the opening act. It did the Witcher 3 thing. The Witcher 3 thing does this. The Witcher 3 thing has this giant story about Siri and the world and the Wild Hunt and, and oh my god, oh my god, the mages. But then the points you're enjoying Witcher the most is when you're in Porville and somebody's like, oh, can you get rid of that ghost in my barn? And and you're like, oh, and then it's this really cool story about the family and the barn and you get all involved in the local stuff. So it tried to do it here because The Witcher, I know the three and probably two opens with big stuff and then you get to little stuff and then it crescendos into big stuff, then back sure. to small stuff. Whereas like a pen and paper perspective and the idea of how life works in this world that you have to earn cred, you literally have to level up street cred. You go from robbing the Kanpeki Tower of the most valuable technological artifact to... No one wants to give you the time of day, and you're getting shit jobs to go take out the garbage for some guy from gang members. Like, so 
they've paced it wrong. Basically, all the side missions and gigs are actually really good. It's what you should be doing for the first half of the game. And then it should launch you into this big thing when you finally earned enough notice to do, you know, Dexter Deshaun comes, talks to you and all that stuff. It's out of order. And and so what I did was as soon as I did the opening missions, Jackie spoilers, Jackie dies. It's like the first mission. I mean, if you don't know by now, yeah. from then on, I avoided all story mission as much as possible. Mm. I went and did side gigs. I went and earned cred. You know, the game, again, overwhelms you. You go into different parts of town. All these fixers call you like, why are you calling me? I, I, I'm not that cool yet, you know, but you just kind of ignore that. They eventually shut up with offering you the cars and introducing themselves. And then you can kind of just enjoy the game. So if you, the only thing is I would say I'm overleveled, but I didn't mind that so much. I prioritized intelligence. So basically, I'm at a point in the game where as soon as there's something that I have to do in a building, I... I breach protocol the first guy that's there, and then I ping them. And low-level guys, pings won't get their attention, but Militech guys, Arasaka boys, like Valentinos even, like if you ping them, they'll get alerted and know someone's around, but you're still stealth, so you still get the stealth bonus. And then I upload, I'm I'm a crazy-ass netrunner. I upload Contagion, and the whole level dies. I can see them with pings through the walls because I have a legendary net deck. Um or cyber deck rather, I can kill everyone. I kill, I, I participate in no combat anymore. I wipe out the entire um, mission of hostiles for the most part and then go in and do my business. I'm barely even engaging in combat, which sounds bad, but actually leans into the fantasy of being a net. If I was a crazy ass net runner, I would wipe out the whole room and then do my business. Yeah. So I'm actually having a really good time right now mm. um, doing that. It's a little tedious doing the gigs because there is actually a ton of content. I've played 60, 60 hours or so just doing side missions and stuff That's and doing main missions, but peppering it in there very lightly. Cause I know the main quest apparently doesn't last very long, but there are some great, great CD project red side missions. I I'm helping Judy uh, um, with some brothel issues to save the people that work in a brothel. There's this chick Panam who works with the nomads and it, she's super great. You go on this wild drive, like, it's good. It's a good-ass CD Projekt Red game, and this game, it has problems for sure, but I see nothing but potential. They could take this Night City, release a DLC, put as much of whatever's in the first game into the second without even updating a single thing. There's just so much real estate in this game that they could just double down, add more story. I think the writing's really good. I just think it's a little all over the place and badly paced. Mm. I've been having a ball playing this game. Basically, when I'm not playing the game, I'm thinking about playing the game, and I've been like that for a week. Do you wish the game was less, uh, you know, more more Blade Runner looking and less um, no Vegas? I, in the I've day? thrown all that out. Okay. This is a diff- forget that it's called Cyberpunk. Pretend it's called Shootery Butt Heads, and this this new, you know. <laughs> By the judging by the list De- of games, definitely we saw matches the tone a little better with that. It's tone. called, it's, yeah. you know, or just you know Johnny Silverhand's little B. Like that, <laughs> I, Keanu's great, by the way. Like he's got some great moments in it. Yeah, you grow pretty fond of him. He's he's stopped. He's not looking like Keanu Reeves. He's looks like Johnny Silverhand, who is he's he's this he's a jerk. He's a despicable person, but everyone thinks he's so cool because he is a rocker boy. Like. They 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 lean into these this living on the edge and extremes. If you just accept 
the world they're making by the weird rules that they're setting it up by, yeah. it becomes very, it starts to become very enjoyable. And, um, I, you know, I guess you play anything for 60 hours and maybe you start to get <laughs> brainwashed and indoctrinated, yeah. but I'm really into it. I see a lot of like, it has a lot of, uh, glaring problems, but I've been researching. It looks like they're going to update the game and the DLC is still on the way and monthly. There might be some misinformation campaign going on about the multiplayer because I think that's still up in the air too. I don't think they've actually kiboshed multiplayer plans or whatever that is. I think they were just going to focus. I heard that it was going to be a priority and that it's now no longer a priority, but that doesn't doesn't mean canceled. That means it's not the thing that they were working on. Yeah, what that tells me is All I want to say is like, like, let's say this game has like shortcomings. It's like, what it's reaching for, like other games are not reaching for, like this, this is trying to be a fully immersive RPG. I can't get this experience even from Deus Ex or anywhere else. No. What they're trying to do, and even if it's short, like has a lot of shortcomings, it has a lot of potential. And I really want to support the developers and this game so that we get more. I don't want it to be. I don't want to get anthemed. Basically, yeah. like this, it's really good and cyber good cyberpunk choosings, role playing style are few and far between. So. There's lots to love in here, and I recommend giving it another try and sort of trying to reframe like your expectations on uh, just what it should be, and just sort of accept it on its terms that there's jankiness, but like the moments where it's great and you're in this pickle of a RP situation, like it's it's awesome. You know, you're trying to decide what to say, and the timer's running down. It's it's good. It's really good. All right. Well, you've you've convinced me to. It, then it might be time to do that. Like I'm, I'm a big proponent of this idea of get out of the hype window, get out of the yeah. umbrella of hot takes, and yeah. have a fr- have fresh takes on stuff. And I've mentioned it before with lots of different games, but this this is definitely one that is probably getting around that time for me to do that. You know, and it helps well, that they you know kept it up. I, I will say it. that I think one of my biggest issues with the game is that I think you know the. They, they were cagey about what the game was. Right. We all had pretty lofty expect, expectations of what it was going to be. Yeah. And the things that in, my, in the back of my head that it was important that this game was, it isn't. And so I, I think, you know, knowing that that's the case, knowing that, you know, modding yourself is not going to be the cool thing that I thought it was going to be. You know, you're not going to get a sweet cutscene where they give you the mantis blades and that changes your world. Yeah. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, uh, like knowing that going in, like that doesn't make it not a disappointment. But knowing it going in, maybe I can judge it for what it is. Um, you know, I I definitely I don't I know I'm not going to be able to give it a narrative pass. I think it's narratively extremely inconsistent. But I do think that. Um, I do think that there was stuff there when I first tried to play it that I really liked, that I would like to see the end of. I thought, uh, especially the stuff going into the heist at the beginning, I thought that narrative was actually extremely good. And the whole build up to that and fallout of that was really good. I just felt like the game dropped the ball so hard following it that it was hard to continue. Um, That goes to both pacing issues, I guess. where 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 exactly did you stop? Do you remember what mission or... Uh, no, I mean, I always started to run into issues once we, so I think the farthest I got was I tracked down that lady 
who uh, you met at the club. I don't remember any of the names because it's been so long. Oh, Evelyn Parker. Yes. So I had tracked her down. I had found her. um, And I think we had had... (laughs) Quick spoilers if you managed to skip Bo's. We had Johnny's uh, funeral. I think it's a, it was around Oh, Jackie Wells' I, funeral. Jackie, yeah, Jackie's yeah, funeral. Ja- Jackie's, yeah, Jackie. So, uh, yeah, Jackie's funeral is a different quest. I think it's actually a side quest. Like, the main quest will spawn these side quests with the characters, and that's where you get to see Padre. I think it's a side quest. Um, But, yeah, so, so what you're talking about is... I mean, that's about, about is, where I was, yeah. Yeah, Evelyn Parker, you go to Clouds because she goes back to working as a doll. Which is a prostitute, where while well, she's, it's like um, what they do kind of in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, where Kay gets to be with Joy, but they use a you know an actual flesh person to oh, underneath to do right. the thing. There's like a whole dollhouse, except they lose consciousness, so you get to use the person when they don't remember anything. It's super gross. It is gross. So she goes, she goes like, but that's again, this game is like it's they want to be edgy. That's yeah, they want to the they want to push thing, those those, wanna, those things. I get it. It's ed- it's edgy in a way where we're taking serious, and if it comes across as bad writing or B movie, I think it's supposed to be that way. Like I don't think there's a good way to to write this kind of edgy stuff. And also, I be think that stuff was thing. fine. Like I think that stuff's yeah. cool. It's when I go outside and they're like energy drinks, right? And I'm like, yeah, you you couldn't come up with yeah. anything more clever than 800 billboards about how. You've got an energy drink. I don't know. Like, I, I, I it's, still, it's when they are, they're not good like it, at like parroting it. our society. And yeah, I mean, just, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I think the point is, it's just consumerism off the rails. Like, I think it's supposed to be horrific and unsettling and gross, right? Like, uh, I wonder. I, I wonder if it's done with it. Maybe still, you don't like it, but it's not done with intent. I guess maybe it just wasn't clever enough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I got. I got to get back in, and you guys all got further than I did. I was more put yeah, off by, I, I, you, know. I, you know, I'm not going to argue with somebody. If they don't like something, they don't like something. It's totally cool. Like it's, that's, I just think it, it's really going to, it's trying to be gross in a way that's like, you know, that whole F corpo, you know, the corporations that they're, you're the prisoners of the corporations and this, the police is a gang and the mayor is just a stooge for Militech and Arasaka and, they're the real royalty and it's kind of this weird proxy monarchy through the lies of, of what were we ended up as a democratic society and just like, sure it's ham handed, but I think it's more about the feeling of being in that world and less about telling a, a consistent story in that way. Cause like just the moment to moment stuff, like the, the heists and all that stuff, there's more moments that are really good that you're like, Oh, I love this, you know? So I think, I think for me, the problem was tonally the places that I think the game for me dropped the ball was with the city. And they spent so much time hyping up the city as a character. And then it felt like everything that was supposed to be commentary built within the city itself. Like you said, it felt for me very ham fisted and eye rolly. And it was like there were places where they were doing it really clever. And there were places where I was like, oh, wow, I really like this. And they're showing this. Wait till you see Dickie Twister. (laughs) But then you go, but then you go out in into the city and you look at the advertising and the stuff they're doing there. And then it's like, Oh, you guys are like a watered down bad GTA. And it's not, there, there, there's a gay, there's a gay bar run by the Valentinos called Dickie Twister. 
And it has, you know, those uh, neon signs that cha- that animate slightly. You know, they move. Maybe it's two frames. It's just a giant penis and flopping back and forth. <laughs> and then, it's just these giant. And then there's these giant like condoms art on the wall. Like it really is heavy handed in that way. So maybe you don't want to play it because it gets it gets worse in that way. But yeah. it's it. <laughs> I, I, I'm I like, think you're spot I, on on the pacing. I I think you are a hundred percent right and chat said it to like the game i want to play for cyberpunk is those intros i thought were really good you get that montage i would have rather played the montage than seen the montage and i feel like the big heist event that kind of starts the game i think would have been better as like your your climax of the story um, it, it then, makes no know, sense you've literally uh, done the coolest thing anyone in the city's ever done and then you're back to noob sauce like it it really doesn't make sense. Like, I think, I think they should have paced it out where you did a lot of, you were nothing for a while. And then yeah. Dexter Deshaun, like they, and I think they just followed the Witcher blueprint. Like it's the Witcher three in a cyberpunk skin for the way the quests and everything works. It feels very Witcher to me. Mm. It just doesn't work in sci-fi because, because I think in Witcher, you, you travel on a horse and the fiction is it could take a week to get to the next town. So if you stop at a town, no big deal. But everything there is like at the speed of cell phone information. So if you've accomplished something, people are going to talk about it. You're going to end up on a camera. There's going to be rumors like so it makes no sense. How people are like, who are you after you pulled off the greatest heist and. In, in history here's what they need to do Johnny they remake this game Ram. and they give me a car and they let me call a car roach and then i'm in i'm all in I'm there's all a set. roach sticker on the car actually. is there yep damn it that's a great it's idea a decal okay <laughs> you're like i love it i'm yeah, back I love in it. i see because you like the mad maxi kind of stuff the I nomad do. section is really good and they have um they have like dune buggies and, and like roadsters and you can just go tear it up in the in the desert. Yeah. Again, might not, it's not as good as Mad Max, a video game. Probably just want to play that game for that experience. But uh, the Nomads are pretty cool. Like the, the Nomad area, I, I quite enjoyed. Even though it's a little light, I find it a little light in content because they mainly, mainly want you in the city, I think. Uh, total side but, note, so. there is a mod, I guess, that makes the game look like Blade Runner. I have not tried this or messed with this, but I hear it yeah. looks good. I noticed so. it rained a few times. When it Even on the default game, when it rains, it does give a Blade Runner feel. They should, almost should have yeah. done that like 80% of the time it's rainy and smoggy. Yeah, but. I would have gone for that personally just because that's how I see this world. But like you said, everyone sees it different, I guess, and that was just my version. I mean, my version is very influenced by Blade Runner and not the original RPG or any of that, so it's hard for me to see it any other way, but... Well, it's a first entry in a franchise. If we judge the Witcher franchise by Witcher One, we'd be like, "Why do we give the company money ever?" Like, you know, like that's why I, I get a little disheartened about. I, I think we should talk about it critically. I just I feel like it gets it's a real it's a meme joke level, and it, I really kind of hope the company doubles down and just keeps gives it the Witcher Three treatment and invest further because I, I just feel like there's a lot of potential and i just like cyberpunk stuff so yeah. if this game goes away i don't know what other cyberpunk rpg we're gonna get we'll never get another one yeah that's true uh how's uh this you mentioned that demo you downloaded scarlet nexus what is that i don't even know what yeah, that is so scarlet nexus speaking of cyberpunk it's a cyberpunk anime game looks fairly high budget and it it's basically i think like it try, it's like basically an anime show but video game, you know how they, they blend the art with 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I I don't understand what's going on. It's the future. Everyone has weird psycho powers. And I run around. I have an attack button. And I have some... I have telekinesis if you pick the girl. I didn't pick the dude. And and when you push buttons, the rest of your team will help. But when they help out, a little... A quick little... um, cut scene of their face and they, they say something like I'm here to help you and then they, they also help you so you got this team of other people and they have all these names for things like others and whatever whatever you know in that way animes throw these weird names out and you're like I don't know what any of this is Yeah, but it was actually kind of enjoyable and the production quality on it was high um, and it is like a sci-fi we- I expect it'll be weird the whole way through mm-hmm it has the traditional thing, like the guy with glasses thinks he should be in charge because he's super smart, but you prove him wrong by being the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, he's all grouchy about it, but in the end, you know he's probably a really good guy. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But, hey, it's it's really well done. Like, the, I think the production on, on the game itself and on the animation is just, like, it's cool. It looks but it's, really neat. It's, so, wait a minute. It's this, definitely this isn't turn-based. TV show it's style, a, not Akira. It, it's like, action-based, right? This is, like, uh, yeah. okay. All right. Just yeah, sure. it's over-the-shoulder, third-person view, push buttons and do things, and it's really flashy. Getting, getting a kind of a near Automata vibe out of it for some reason. Um, watching the trailer here. Um, oh, yeah, there's the glasses guy. Yeah, it's so guy. funny to me that you mentioned that. That was a trope I was thinking about this past weekend was the I'm the best at everything because I'm the protagonist of the story trope which yeah. comes up a lot uh, where it's like oh we're going to have a, a a tournament for something and your, your character will always win it because they're the protagonist like it's always the way it goes and they're like hey you know I Knights of the Old Republic did this. It's like, hey, we're going to have a, a speeder bike race or a swoop race or whatever. You ever swoop race before? No. Okay, well, you can enter anyway, and you're going to win. <laughs> of course you're going to win the tournament. And, oh, yeah. you want to be a gladiator? Yeah. Well, you win. You win. And the reason I was thinking about it was because I actually did a thing in uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen where uh, one of the people you're traveling with is like, hey, we should have a competition to see who brings back the most of this kind of meat that you need to gather for a party that's going on. Yeah. And you go off and do it. And I didn't win. I don't know if I could have won, but I lost. And I it like baffled me that I lost because I was like, wait a minute, but I'm the main character of this story. How do I not automatically win this? And it made me realize how often video games do the, you win because you're the hero and the hero is good at literally everything. You want to be good at karaoke? You're good at karaoke. You're the best at karaoke. <laughs> you're the best karaoke singer of all time. And I recommend, if you're curious about it, I recommend trying the demo at least. This game does have a demo. And, so it's a uh, Series X I and made, S I, made, I would not have bought this because it would. I, I'd be too worried I wouldn't enjoy it, but based on the demo I played, I'm actually tempted to, to buy it at some point. Oh, here it is. Xbox X and S and also Xbox One. Uh, so it looks like a MS exclusive. I don't see it for anything else. Is it on PC? Oh, it's on Steam. It's on, it's Steam. on Steam. Oh, all right. Yep. Well, this, their webpage yeah. is all about Whatever deal they got with Microsoft, oh, holy crap! Yeah, they're pushing the Xbox, I guess. Might be on Game Pass. I don't know. Let's go look. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's going to be. I, I hope so. Then I, I won't have to buy it. Yeah, see, it. you just play it. I'll play it. <laughs> that sounds great. It looked really good, actually. That looked all right. I kind of want that anime. Is what I want. I want that story. I can't believe I'm one the one saying that. All right. Uh, well done, Scarlet Nexus, Cyberpunk 2077. Hold on to your butts because next week we'll have even more, everyone. So come back then and enjoy us for another episode of Core. Here's the deal. If you are a Core lover 
and you know if you are uh you you've either already supported us or you've said "Ah, i'm never going to do their patreon i implore you to maybe rethink that position head on over to patreon.com slash core show and get all kinds of benefits you can't get any other way and i know you'll be happy you did so head on over there and do it patreon.com slash core show for everything else it's at frogpants.com slash core and uh, especially that email address talk to the core at gmail.com core pod on twitter john underscore jagger on twitter or you can find me at scott johnson and even bo schwartz at bo schwartz on twitter and don't forget to catch me and john live on well it may be monday next week because tuesday i have a meeting now anyway we'll figure it out <laughs> okay. but next We're week back. early we're back to our original date. Yeah, Monday, we're back to our Monday. original date, maybe. I don't know. i got to figure this out. But we, we're, we're still playing Resident Evil. We're five hours in, five, six hours in almost. And uh, who knows what horrors await me. No one warned me about Baby Basement, and it was the worst experience of my baby life. Baby Basement. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. It was so good. It was this. a beautiful thing. It was so bad. I mean, bad in the best ways, because the game's really good at that game just knows right what just what pee hole to crawl up and live in for me. Just <laughs> it's real bad. Anyway, more on that. Uh, if you've missed it so far, it's all yes, up on more the, than one. <laughs> it's all up on the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Scott Johnson. The entire series is there. We've done three so far and we'll continue to do more. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Come back next time and join us again, won't you? For me, for John, or for Bo. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.